What's going on, guys? My name is Elden Nero, and welcome to another episode of The Midnight Hour. Only the second episode this year, so a shout-out to everybody who's here listening to this. Uh, for those of you who've kept me in your podcast feed and all of that good stuff, um, I think this year I got like the Spotify wrapped thing. It said that the podcast has a total of 11,000 listeners uh, on Spotify, which is pretty interesting considering the absolute void of content that there is available in the Midnight Hour feed these days. But uh, that being said, hope you all had a really good year. This is a year in review episode uh, with a little bit of a twist, I suppose. I wanted to do one of these last year, but um, just kind of never got around to it. And then I just let it fall by the wayside. And despite the best of intentions, Things just never materialized, but I'm really happy with this episode because it was a lot of fun to record. Uh, my sad disclaimer, as always, pretty much, is that the audio is not that great. Um, I was using uh, OBS to record, which is like primarily for streaming video. And for some reason, there's like an issue with the encoding on it for audio. I don't know what any of that means. If anyone has a PhD in noise... Uh, please feel free to guide me through the uh, horrible process that is uh, audio mastery and all of that stuff. Um, should probably say that like most of the equipment and technology and software that I use is stuff that was, you know, cutting edge in 2009, but uh, not so much since then. I just refuse to adapt to the times when like ultimately YouTube and content creation is not my job anymore. Um, and I really just do this for the fun and also as a like reward to everyone who uh, continues to be subscribed and stuff like that. Anyone who continues to be connected to me in some way, I really do appreciate you. And um, yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting time this last while, eh? But um, anyway, I usually say in these like, oh man, it's it's the end of the year. It's a real significant time for like taking stock of, of where you are in life and all that stuff. Um, and then I also go on to say this was a bad year. I think that that's different. I think 2022 was a decent year for me. And I think that's probably the first time in like eight and a half years of podcasting that I've actually said that about a year. But um, it was good. I think I had the the highest ever like consistent levels of decent mental health, uh, which is a, a huge bonus. You know, very few lows. Um, Career-wise, things are going pretty well. Personal life, things are going pretty well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It feels good. Like, everything kind of feels good. I, I feel like a great metric for this type of assessment is if I ask myself at age 13 if I'd be happy with the life I was living now at age what I am now, which I'm not going to say out loud. Uh, and I feel like 13-year-old me would actually be pretty fucking delighted. So, um that's that's something you know you gotta you gotta give back to your younger self and uh try in some way to honor the dreams that they had or whatever uh the song that opened the show was two shreds you say by iron chic they're a super cool like punk rock super group of sorts they only ever made three albums uh, but that song has a kind of an end of year feel to it i believe the singer wrote the entire album that it's on which is called you can't stay here um he wrote it after a divorce and also the death of a friend so kind of a lot of uh sad notes for uh for that year 
Um, but still, end of year vibes, punk rock. I don't know. Feels midnight hour to me. Uh, this episode um, doesn't really cover many things that happened. So I'll give you the rundown. Uh, myself and Miguel had a very large list and like pool of topics that we were going to get through. Um, we wanted to talk about the war in Ukraine. Uh, we wanted to talk about um, like other sort of cultural um, peaks and valleys of 2022, you know, stuff like um, Kanye West and the very kind of public, uh, I guess, like episode. Uh, I don't even I, I won't even say too much about that. I feel like that's kind of like a, a lightning rod at the moment. Uh, we also wanted to talk about like Andrew Tate and the kind of strangeness uh, of his popularity a bunch of other things like we we had loads of plans I had, I had a really large list of stuff and we were planning on going through it chronologically but then we just got talking and um, I kind of wanted to stick to more positive things and despite my best intentions I think there's still a lot of negativity in the episode <laughs> but I just hope that you guys find it enjoying uh, or enjoyable I should say I hope that you find it enjoying yeah good job um the things that we did cover were mostly recent events, which is like the last quarter. Uh, things like the World Cup, uh, the death of the Queen, Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter, um, and some other stuff. Uh, we had, I think, a total of maybe 15 topics we planned to get through. I think we got through three of them, maybe four of them uh in three and a half hours so make of that what you will uh we also do like a little bit of rundown of like uh music and movies that we uh, enjoyed or indulged in in 2022 not necessarily things specifically from 2022 but nevertheless i'm happy with the episode if you're happy with it too let me know or don't let me know i actually have no way of knowing if you like it or not um very few people actually watch the thing on YouTube nowadays, so that was really the only metric that I had. Anyways, uh, who cares? Do I have anything else to say? Uh, listen, I hope that you all have, like, a really good uh, end of year, like, whatever you're doing, uh, Christmas, New Year's, like, all those things. Hope that if you've been working really hard or if you've been studying really hard that you get a little bit of time off, um, a little bit of time to yourself to recover, a little bit of space, like, all those kinds of things um hope that you are like feeling good about where you are in life um i feel like i have the uh, unique position as a content creator of having an audience that actually ages because my demographic <laughs> is uh, is sing is 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 a uh, static it just stays the way that it is um i have the people from 2012 to 2015 and that's what i have so uh, all you guys that are like aging along with me uh, best of luck to you i hope that you uh, get all the things that you want in life and that you're working towards them now and hey if not there's plenty of time don't worry um yeah i guess that that's all of that out of the way i will get on with the episode again apologies for the audio it's not the greatest hopefully you can still stick it out and um yeah if you do enjoy it i don't know give me give me a thumbs up or like whatever give me a virtual thumbs up give me a fuck just put your thumb up to your screen right now and then that's enough for me all right thanks a lot i will Speak to you at some stage in the not-too-distant future. Godspeed.
All right. I'm joined today by Miguel, recurring guest and former uh, wrestling podcast co-host. How's it going, Miguel? All good, all good. Good to be back in the midnight hour. Um, <laughs> Cheap pop. My favorite hour. <laughs> well, you got to get in with the host, first of all. So it's, yeah, it's good to be in this uh, in this mind space here with you as we, uh, what are yeah. we doing here? We're wrapping up 22 wrapping up 22 i can't believe it's 22 and also i'm i bet everyone who records podcasts these days says this but like the last two or three years are basically just one year to me i guess yes yes not not just in terms of uh, obviously world events and stuff but it feels like everything's like like a proper whirlwind so if you told me that something happened in 2020 or 2021 i'd be like oh yeah of course that was 2021 or that was 2020 like it feels like i mean i we're supposed to be in a post-pandemic world but it still feels very much like the remnants of the pandemic world. it does i mean yeah. how you see it pretty much that like we're you know we're out of lockdown mask mandates like all that kind of thing but it doesn't feel that way like i only go to the office once a week when I do, like when I am, when I leave the house, it's basically at gunpoint. Um, everything else I do, like haven't had a haircut in like fucking, I don't know, six months or something. And it's just, uh, I don't know. It's weird. I feel like uh, a really strong sense of inertia about like mm-hmm. around everything. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like nothing is moving really in life. It's just sort of here we are on track to become the people in Wally. You know, in Wally, when they're on those scooters floating around that spaceship or whatever, I feel like that's more this or less. Going, this is going way over my head. This okay. is too high concept. Yeah, Wally. Yeah. Wally. It's <laughs> a it's a intellectual titan movie. <laughs> I've never seen Wally. I'm sure there's an old one and a new one. So if you tell me that Wally also had a pandemic and he, you feel exactly like it or him or her. I'd be like, yeah, sounds sounds about right to me, buddy. Have you ever seen the movie Predator? Oh yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's got nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's throwing a little curveball. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, curveball. Yeah, that's an awesome movie. I think we can all agree. Yeah, yeah, and it came out this year as well, twenty twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> fucking might as well. Dude, wait till we get to the section of this podcast where we're like best movies and best albums of 2022 because i haven't a fucking breeze so nor me nor me i think we should go for like well that's a good little teaser for later but i think we should go for more like things that you've played or things that you've listened to in 2022 yeah that basically, you might have yeah. only listened for the first time yeah i think yeah, that's yeah. the better route here <laughs> such a such a shit way of doing it but it has to be done that way mm. um yeah i mean well i'm now at a point where I mean, it's probably been been on the decline, but this is for the first time in a long time. It feels like I'm no longer current. Like I'm no longer, you know, that connected to the. I mean, I thought I was connected to the chart music, but you know what I mean. Like you still mm. know what's going on, you know, in the quote unquote mainstream in movies or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it feels now that I'm. It's not an active choice. It's more just like. I need to find my own path and my own shit, whether it's current, not current. So it feels like very much on the fringes of uh, mainstream society at the moment. 
Yeah, I feel sort of the same. I I also feel like my brain has been so fucking warped by like three years of sitting inside and I also got COVID twice and like I genuinely believe that COVID did something to my brain like that I I've always been so good at like um keeping everything in order in my head like I've always had a really good memory mm. a good like ability to compartmentalize and cut things up into chapters in my head like I would always know what year something came out or like just shit like that like I don't think I have yeah. that anymore everything is just slush and swampy and sort of like yeah. cloudy and I really don't like it I feel like I've regressed mentally by about fucking 10 years honestly like yes I, I wonder if that is a side effect of, of of you know being locked I mean this isn't a whole like we shouldn't have never been locked up for you know whatever think what you no, want no. but more in the sense of I think COVID uh, the pandemic I should say not the disease because I, I you know what I've been very lucky not to even have COVID or at oh, least oh wow I didn't know that you didn't when I, no at least when I, I was sick sort of April last year and I felt really terrible but by then you had to pay for tests mm. so I just stayed home for a week and just had medicine and then I was fine so I couldn't tell you if I did or didn't did you have um, ivermectin <laughs> <laughs> I had um, I just put bleach on my skin. Oh, nice! I mean, that's that's what the big man said to do. The big orange man. He said, "Have you ever tried just cleaning the skin off, like just fucking getting some sandpaper and some bleach and just scratching it?" Um, what was the one before uh, ivermectin? Oh, hy hydroxychlor. Hy yeah, hydroxychloroquine. Like whatever. I, I did think that, but I was like, "No way! Am I gonna fucking say that?" Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hydro what? Yeah. Um, but no, um, so I've never had it all. But one of the things I, I've suffered from, not so much just in 2022, you can see even lump in 2021 with that, is the my social battery is far, 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 far less than it used to be. Yeah. So it feels like, maybe this is for most people, but it feels like nowadays it's like I'll go on like one time for drinks after work or go to the bar or go to the pub and I'm like, well, I'm fucking exhausted. Like I... I don't have to do that for a month now because I'm done. Like I've done the whole going out socializing thing. Like I feel like that battery kind of fills a lot or, or does it fill? It goes down a lot quicker. Yeah. I don't know if you drains. found that as well. That's, yeah, dude. I, yeah, I used to, yeah. you remember like me, like 2018, 2019, like every fucking Friday and Saturday night I was going out, like getting on it. And I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I've been out in Dublin since like March 2020. It's like a fucking yes. oh dude, it's just it's so exhausting everything about it. And also like just to tie it in with everything else, it's everything is so fucking expensive and like everything yes. just it feels different. Everything feels weird and different and uh, I don't know. I mm -hmm. I think par like I think partially I have a point. Like there've been a lot of changes. Uh, because of covid and everything but then also like i'm getting old like i'm really fucking old now like i just don't have the same like stamina that i had when i was in my 20s i don't have the same like appetite mm -hmm. for like nights out and like all this kind of thing and yeah i'm just uh i'm just like a an old mess waiting to well, die you know <laughs> i think <laughs> tinder profile but um, yeah <laughs> yeah um, I, I'm just an old wreck. I'm the husk of a man. Oh, but no, I, 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 I'm with you as well. And also, you, you know what's coming after as well with, with being older that you're like, oh, okay, I can't just fucking, you know, rock it until five o'clock in the morning, be semi-normal the next day. Nowadays, it's like the next day's a write-off. 
in the day after that's a write-off as well yeah yeah it's so true you just evaluate in your head you go do i want to go out spend you know 85 quid to just have a massive headache tomorrow and the day after so you just start to evaluate that things differently as well and you sort of see the risk versus reward whereas i think when you're younger you just tend to go for it because you're like oh it's an opportunity to go out and be out and about whereas now it's more like well i've done that countless times yeah so it's harder to get excited unless it's you know unless it's like somebody's birthday or it's like a kind of a bigger deal type situation and of course but and, and even going forward for me it's like i ain't gonna step outside on new year's eve i'm just gonna be with my family and get fucking drunk like i couldn't imagine even just getting all amped up to go on a night out on new year's eve when you know it's just hectic i mean this has been a long belief but more so now mm -hmm. just the idea viewing for fucking ages and waiting a month to get a drink and yeah all of that just no longer the the other side of the, these situations I, I don't no longer see the appeal of it or at least to do it as often yeah no, yeah maybe it's, it's an age thing maybe it's a covert thing a I think bit of it's also just it's like the world is just slightly more introvert friendly now like as a result of everything yeah. and that's kind of nice too but i do like i don't feel good like it's really weird like i feel good like being at home and you know my work will be like oh we need you to come to the office tomorrow and i'll just be like yeah i'm not doing that but like i think that that's actually really bad i think i think i'm suffering uh there's some sort of not even opportunity cost there's there's some kind of toll it takes i think to just stay inside all the time i think you miss out on so many important things for like mental stimulation and kind of like um like maturity and growth or whatever not that like i'm immature per se but i think that less exposure to people on a long enough timeline like reduces your overall levels of maturity because you're not able to deal with things the way that you usually would and you get very uh mm -hmm. stressed easier like all this kind of stuff but i don't know it just kind of fucking is what it is and it's still ultimately like first to... world problem but still like i don't yeah but i know i'm with you yeah no of course like this yeah this isn't like you know i have a disease and, and or i have some crippling mm. disability also that's that then comes with the territory of having you don't want to go outside as much and, and also you know mental health stuff but just on a general level i do agree and also as much because I'm, I'm i'm a bit of a hermit obviously especially this fucking winter i'm more, way more of a hermit than i think i've ever been but even in the summer you do you, you and the less you go out and the less you engage with the world it becomes harder up to the point where i'm like fuck i gotta go to the shop now listen the shop is literally a two minute walk from where i live but because yeah. i go out so little it's like oh i gotta take a shower oh my god i have to go put my fucking shoes on i put a jacket on and a hat on because it's cold i have to walk there after fucking presumably you know, either have to potentially engage with people or, um, you know, have to talk to someone that works behind the tills or something. Yeah. And I think before, if, if you're a person that just lives their lives without kind of A, overthinking, B, um, kind of you do a lot more stuff, that doesn't seem like a big deal. Let's just, you know, I'll just go here, get it done. Yeah. Um, whereas if you don't, I think, yeah, I think you'd start getting those setbacks of being like, oh God, I have to go right today. I have to really go outside because I'm low on, uh, I don't know, coffee or milk or uh, toilet paper. Some of them you need to get. Meth. And unavoidably, none of them the coffee and the other bit. But yeah, something that yeah. insert thing here. Um, 
oh, fuck, I got to do what I got to do. It. Okay, well, when, when should I go? Should I go as soon as I wake up? Should I go a little bit later? Should I have breakfast first and then go? And I don't think I used to have that before. It would just be, be like, go do something or don't. Like, it's as simple as that. Whereas now I feel like there's like a filtering process. And it's almost like a beer. You have to like G yourself up to do anything. Yeah, Even just, sure. as I said, just, just to, I don't know, to go to the doctors or something. I have to be like, let's like, you gotta call them, you know, get mentally in the zone to engage with other people. And yeah, I don't think I've ever had that. I've had that before, but I don't think I've had that to such a degree. And the, and the thing is, going forward, I don't even know if that's going to change. I don't even know if it's going to go full circle where at some point I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is now completely normal being out all the time or having social events twice a week, God forbid, because I'm like, one a week's enough, trust me. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's – and, and, and on, on a personal level, how is your uh, – <laughs> you haven't said all of that. Um, <laughs> how was my 2022? You know, how was your 2022? And was it any better or worse or different or the same than, than last year, if you can even remember when that started and ended? I'd say it was better than 2021. Um, I think I'm the type of person, like, I don't really understand um, what it is that makes me, like, what criteria I use to evaluate a year, let's say. Um, mm -hmm. I think, but I, I think 2022 for like personal growth was actually pretty good. Like in spite of all the stuff I just said about being afraid to go outside, um, I have moved into a new job, which came with like a significant kind of promotion. Um, mm. and then like, I've seen a little bit more of the world. I'm a little bit wiser, like a lot of things kind of, I just, a lot of things are going well for me on a just purely macro sense. Um, mm -hmm. so like, that's pretty nice. Career-wise and travel-wise. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and like relationship-wise, like all these kinds of things, like everything feels like it's moving mm -hmm. in a pretty tidy direction. Um, and I'm, as you well know, cause I think you're probably the same as me. It's really hard to like look too far into the future. Cause like, A, it's fucking scary. Like B, what are you even looking for? Like all these kinds of things. Um, but I feel like I, I feel mm. like my binoculars stretch a little bit further forward than they ever have before or something like that. Um, it's kind of nice. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel a little bit more stable, uh, on a, on a macro level. I feel like, I feel like if you, if you went back in time to like 13, 14 year old me and you were like, yo, in 2022, your life is going to be like this. I think, I think 13, 14 year old me would be like, you know what? That's fucking cool. I'll take that. So I think that that's a good way of kind of assessing um, your your place in life and, and whether or not it's uh, suitable to your needs and wants and all those kinds of things. Yeah, and not just... That's that's a very good way of looking at it. Um, and not just comparing it to the next Justin person. Justin Bieber or something. Or compare, yeah, why am I not Justin Timberlake? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, where you did know? I go wrong this in life? <laughs> Yeah, I thought in 2022 I would have finally got my uh, my acting and singing chops together. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I think if you, it, it's it's the classic. I know I know it's probably cliche, but it's a classic sort of like count your blessings type situation because yeah. you're right. If you just get the present and go, well, I haven't got this. Oh, I really needed to be this. I'm not really the person that I think I am, or maybe I've changed in these ways and I don't like these changes. But then, if you look at it in the sense of like, here's what you do have. Yeah, we're now in an age where we can watch anything we want. We can fucking 
order any food to our doorstep. We can, and this isn't a personal level, obviously, this is more like a societal level. But, um, but if you offer that to yourself 10 years ago, five years ago, you know, how far back do you want to turn that clock? I think you'd be like, well, I'll take it because when I was, you know, I'd say the same for me, when I was like 19, I wasn't being like, and by the time I'm 29, I need to have a marriage. I need to be in a relationship. Yeah. It was really more about the case of like, I hope I'm just happy later in life, regardless of, you know, whether you're with someone, not with someone in the job you want to do, not the job you want to do, whether you're content. And you feel like, as you said, where well, you're in a, not necessarily a higher ground, but you kind of have your path a little bit figured out. That's yeah. not necessarily the worst thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's progress. Like it's hmm. it's good. It's forward thinking and and positive and all these kinds of things. That's pretty positive nice. reinforcing. Yeah, rather than beating yourself up over shit that you can't control most of the time. Yeah, um, which I still do. But hey ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try to do that less. And also, I've also got a theory here. I often think that even years are always better than odd years. I Ooh, don't know why that is. Interesting. Say more on that if you can. 2022, better than 21. 2015, yes. shitter than 2016. I think 2019, <laughs> you know, it stopped at 2020 because of the pandemic, I have to say, because you can't compare 2019 to 2020 and be like, oh, the 2020 was better, arguably. But generally speaking, I do find that the odds year is always usually a setup for the following year to be better. It's almost like one's the learning year. And the other one's like the one where you do shit properly. I, I don't know why. I don't have any, like, <laughs> I ain't got the facts on this. This is just my feelings and thoughts. But, yeah, honestly, that's just how I, how I see it. I always think that even years are always better than the odd year. I'm thinking about it. Uh, I would say, just to, just to be a devil's advocate, everyone's favorite thing, um, I think 99 was better than 2000, and I think 2007 was better than 2008. Uh, however, I would also go as far as to say I would concede that 98 was better than 99, and 06 <laughs> was better than 07. So I don't know where that leaves us on this theory. Yeah. You've got to go from, you got to take the, this is, this is so, this is a deep cut here, but you've got to take <laughs> the, the odd year has to be the, first one yeah. and then the second one has to be the even so if you go if you say 2006 is better than 2007 then you're taking 2006 as your base year up against 2007 but if you take 2005 up against 2006 i'd say that most of the time i want people to comment and i want people fucking if this is just anecdotal or it's actually fact but if people could comment and say if the odd years are better than the even years um i want to see if we can get a uh, sort of a census on this yeah I, I think so it'd be interesting um yeah and 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 to the point of that i'd say 21 was fucking shit and 22 just hasn't had for me anyways just hasn't had as many shit events yeah 2022 has been fairly smooth sailing and that's that's good 2021 was rough so many ups and downs, yeah. so much personal turmoil. Mm. So many, <laughs> yeah, fuck 2021. We're, fuck you. I think, I don't think I even did a year in review episode of the podcast for 2021. I think that that says it all because a year, no that year is, is complete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Um, yeah. 
All right, let's let's uh, let's let's discuss some some media and cultural uh, significant events of uh, of the past year. So I think uh, let's let's drink it in, man. A good place to start. I don't want to go fucking uh, what do you call it chronologically? Like I don't. I'm not fucking going all mm. the way back to January here right now. I, I think that because it's fresh on everyone. Uh, disclaimer, everybody, we're recording this on the on the 11th, so the semifinals of the World Cup haven't happened yet. <laughs> Uh, but we're up to date apart from those events. So uh, let's uh, let's let's talk about the World Cup. Uh, what do we? I don't even know where to start. Do we go into all the? But what have you made? Abuses? What have you made? We'll, we'll pick that up. So we'll start on a. We'll start from the pitch. Uh, okay. Have you seen much of it? Yes. You know what have you made of the actual games and how teams have done and and stuff like that? Give give me some of that. Give me your hot hot hits on that. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna first of all, okay, I have, so I'll give some generalities and then I have a fucking nuclear take that I, I wanna, I wanna actually fucking launch a hydrogen bomb on this conversation. And I hope that there are Dutch people listening. Um, so I, oh boy. I have enjoyed the tournament actually a lot more than I thought that I would. Um, I think it's just been, uh, what's the word here? I think I, I'm like I'm against the Qatar World Cup on a philosophical level because I like my World Cups to not involve the death of thousands of slaves, right? Okay, now that out of the way, that's a disclaimer. I'm still Ooh, a good person. Look like, at me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. I've oh, said oh, the bravest. <laughs> oh, what? You don't want anyone to die over the, um, the football you're watching? You fucking you you go live in your little sanctuaries, you liberal elite. But <laughs> I. I heard so many people over the last like fucking 10 years say just stupid shit like, oh, it's a winter World Cup. They're going to have to pause the real football and all this shit. And then like when you when you would call them on it and they would and you would be like, look, a winter World Cup, like it's, it's fucking nice to do something different, right? Like it's a winter World Cup for the Southern Hemisphere like every fucking year. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other mm-hmm. fucking leagues in the world pause. Like it's nice. Like let's just flip that around for a second. And then they pivot to the, oh, but Qatar, human rights, blah, blah. Okay, but the two things are not fucking like it's, it's not like a mutually exclusive thing where, oh, yeah, we're having a winter World Cup has to be slavery. Like can we just can we all yeah, just agree that to die for the World Cup yeah. happening? Yeah, like can, can we just can we just get on the like an even sort of playing field here and just let me talk about how a winter world cup is actually it's pretty fucking cool. Like it's nearly Christmas, it's fucking snowing outside, like everything is cold and dark and I turn on the TV and it's like fucking Senegal against Iran. Like come on. Like fucking allow me, fam. Jesus. Um it has so, certainly made um it has certainly made like was usually quite a grim period of time. Not so grim, I'd say, because ever yeah. since started, fucking... you know, of, uh, November, there's always something to look forward to. Because you're like, well, at least the football's on. I can always got that. Don't have to think of what to watch. Because if it's shit, you turn it off. If it's the game shit, you turn it off. But you're right. Like I think there's nothing. And also fitness wise, um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of injuries after the World Cup finishes. So I think when we go back to the regular season, when we get to February for the Champions League, I think yeah. it'll be. By um after the January transfer window, I think there'll be quite a lot of injuries. But you're right, like you actually don't have to wait until the summer where players technically have played like 50, 60 games. Everyone's exactly. kind of hitting their peak fitness now. And I think that is beneficial for uh South African sides, South African, 
African sides, South American sides, I should say. The Asian um, sides, like Asian fucking side. watching, like in the in the middle of the fucking winter on a on a mm. you know freezing cold morning, working from home, turning on the TV and watching Argentina get clapped by Saudi Arabia, like that's fucking mm. entertainment, man. Breakfast, like breakfast football, like when yeah. was the last time that I can't think. I mean, I want to say Japan, Korea, but yeah. I was kind of too young yeah. to even conceptually be like, I have to get up at seven to watch the football. I remember so, that. I remember watching yeah. the first half of uh of I think was it Brazil against I think Brazil's first game. Uh I remember watching that the first half of that and then going to school. <laughs> I wanna say Turkey. That Ooh, game. That if I one... got this right, I am a fucking not that... the semi final, because they did play each other in the semi. They it was did. the one where but the, the Rivaldo clip yeah, with the, the hands. It was three yeah. one to Brazil. That that one was um yeah, yeah. that was at lunchtime. That was a lunchtime kickoff. So maybe it was the other one from mm. that group or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's fucking twenty years ago. No one cares. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been cool. Like it's it's been like the underdog stories have been pretty fucking dope. Like it's been cool. Uh, on a sort of a footballing spirit level to see like Japan, like get a historic win. Like uh. Germany and Spain both going out early. Morocco just having this sort of uh, immense, uh, like, ulting moment where they're sort of just uh, conquering the Iberian Peninsula over the course of two games. Um, okay, yeah, no comment from you. Yeah. Understood. No, 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 good for them. You know. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. lads. Um, good, 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 good game. Good game. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful i mean yeah some would say they should go fuck themselves and, you know, <laughs> getting ideas above their station but that's for others to say that is not for me to say that's, for others to say. that's not what this portuguese man has to say Mm-mm. no like who the fuck do you think you are getting to a semi-final you're morocco you should be a tricky opponent in the group stage and then you fuck the fuck off and you let the adults in the room deal with it. But no, they decided to be Rocky Balboa here, you know? Yeah. It's, and that's what the manager actually said. Um, they, they're a bit like Rocky. But yeah, um, yeah, fuck them. But well done to them. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like the, the nicest I can be. <laughs> um... What else? Uh, the what do you what do you make of the uh, refereeing decisions thus far? I have to say, um, on the pitch, I think it's been the best World Cup since probably about. I mean, I haven't watched them all. Funnily enough, I haven't got the seasons all the <laughs> since seasons fifty-four. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see what Uruguay was doing in fifty-four or yeah. fucking. You know, there's probably a tournament that took place in Nazi Germany in 38 or some shit like that. Yeah, that's my that favorite one. one. I mean, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's always one in some fucked up place. But I'd say if you take Russia, Brazil, South Africa, and obviously goes back to Germany, I'd say that this tournament has been more exciting in terms of late goals, late drama, narratives, playing styles, tactically has blown Russia 2018 out of the water and has also blown Brazil 2014 out of the water. <laughs> It's also blown uh, global LGBT rights out yeah, of the water. They, yeah, they got blown out of the fucking island. They got told the fuck off. But um, actually, I even say, yeah, even better than South Africa, because I thought South Africa was a shit tournament, not just because of the country I'm from not doing so well. Just all in all, it was it was a stupid ball. The Vuvuzelas, fuck that. 
But I think <laughs> so many upsets, as you said, so many interesting, yeah. um, so many interesting games that you could be like, that one has its own narrative and that has its own story. So everything kind of feels self-contained, but then it's part of a bigger thing. But the weird thing is, we could get a final between Croatia and France. Croatia and Morocco, think, dude. Yeah, I don't even think we've ever had back-to-back. -back, I mean, I know Champions Leagues we've had this because like Valencia got there a few times versus Madrid, I want to say, but um, and yeah. United versus Barca. But um, that's still like a two-year gap in between. I've never seen two World Cups with the exact same opponents in the final. Ooh. And I think. Is there not some mad thing where, like, Hungary got to the final two years in a row, or two tournaments in a row against Brazil? Or am I completely fucking making that up? I don't think I... Well, that's the thing, because obviously we, you could even say, um... Fucking... Oh my god, who won the last one? Who won the last one? Oh, France. France. Um, <laughs> Dude. France, uh, who won the one before that? Germany. Uh, Germany. Um, no, I can't think of any... Yeah, possibly Hungary back in the day, but even nah, Brazil, they... Germany, and maybe that's happened a few times. So Hungary lost it to... Oh, it was Argentina, Germany in 86 and 90. It was a, a repeat of oh. each other. Uh, oh, shit. No way. It was Hungary got there in 54, and I think Hungary... Uh, I think Hungary made it to, like, the... They made it really far in, like, two tournaments back-to-back, -back, I think. Oh, it was so it was 38 in Italy they got to the final, and then 54. And th those are... Even though that's, like, a fucking billion-year gap, uh, the World Cups were actually postponed because of the war, so that was only two tournaments apart, if you know what I mean. A war? So... <laughs> yeah. There was a war? Yeah. <laughs> Who was that's... doing the war? Sounds like a bunch <laughs> of liberal bullshit to me. Yeah. And this war took place in... English soil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just realized I sound like um, like Dennis from Always Sunny. Yeah, yeah. As well. It's really good fight. Um, yeah, no, so to back to what I was saying, though, yeah, I think that the football has just been fucking great. I mean, we're now at a point where even the, what would be traditionally the low, I mean, other than Qatar themselves, but, you know, they probably had a lot more pressure as well as trying to have a decent team but i think even so far as the lowest ranked sides your saudi arabia's um ecuador canada um, dude canada were fucking canada, sick everyone has something they can point to and go we did something different or did something special there japan obviously korea because obviously they even went on to beat portugal and therefore qualify um there there's a lot for every single nation to be proud of because as i said we're now at a point where you get Champions League winners playing for the likes of Tunisia or Morocco or, um, you know, Colombia, Ecuador. I know not all these teams are actually in the World Cup, but then, like, the talent spread is actually truly global. Mm -hmm. I think that the tactics have finally been catching up. Look at Senegal. Like, even, you know, African sides, I know they didn't get to the quarterfinals. Well, I guess Morocco did, technically. It's fucking cheaters. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the other African side, even though they didn't get as far as maybe people kind of pushed them to do so, yeah, I still think they did really well. Nobody got spanked. Nobody, I mean, you can say even Costa Rica, who did get spanked, they went on to beat Japan and they, you know, put up a fight against Germany. Like, I feel like every single team, for the first time in a long time, had something they could point to and go, we can build from this. I think, I think Netherlands have nothing to be proud of.
And you go, I, I, oh, yeah. I fucking hate Louis Van Hal so much. I think he's literally the worst fucking manager in the world and has been for like fucking 15 years. And he's been fucking coasting around on this ghost reputation of some shit that he did in the 90s. And for some reason, despite like fucking up every job he gets, he keeps on getting these fucking high positions and he keeps on becoming the Dutch manager. And they're the most boring fucking team. They've got like all this talent, all these attacking players, and all they fucking do is pass it backwards and sideways and fucking bore their teams to death. And to be honest with you, they make me fucking sick. <laughs> Sorry, okay. To the Dutch people <laughs> listening, obviously. I'm <laughs> obviously, I have a lot of Dutch uh, listeners, and I, I I like all of them, everyone who I've ever engaged with. But Louis Van Hal is a fucking fraud, and I fucking hate him. And I hate the way like he says goofy shit in press conferences, so he gets a pass where people think that he's some kind of exciting zany character, but he's actually a fucking fraud. Just look at the way he fucking plays. God, they haven't done anything exciting in fucking years. I fucking hate this guy. He's a fucking dickhead. Fuck him. So what's the last time? What was, it? What was the last <laughs> time he even won something? Dude, I remember like when I first started watching football. No, not even then. I like he had he had a good run with Barca, right? Then he went back yeah. to Barca and he fucking ruined them. He turned them into a UEFA Cup team from being fucking Barcelona. Like he was so fucking garbage. And then he like didn't he go to Bayern Munich and like get sacked because he finished like fucking third in the league with Bayern Munich? Like yeah, oh, which hadn't happened pro. in a long time at the time. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It's whether or not you judge it on results or whether you judge it on sort of like I'm sure that if you go to, to to the Netherlands, I'm sure they'll tell you he revolutionized XYZ for teams. And yeah, we had the window that take place in 1986. But that's the thing, dude. Like, if you go to Merseyside right now and ask any Liverpool fan what they think about Rafa Benitez, they'll tell you earnestly that he's like a world class manager and stuff. Like, it, the thing about football is you kind of like there are very few exceptions to this rule, although there are exceptions. Mm. But in general, like, you get found out over time. You can be the most tactically innovative, like, best manager in mm -hmm. the world or whatever. But, like, in 10 years, if you haven't adapted or whatever, like, the game leaves you behind. And some people, like, are allowed to maintain, uh, like, elite tier positions because of their reputation. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I fully expect to get a lot they of get hate to, and pushback. But... No, no, no. I mean, well, not for me anyways. Yeah, I was going to be like, well, yeah, from others, maybe, but you're right. So um, you do often get this, especially, um, I mean, you could point to Fernando Santos at Portugal. You could point to, I mean, Van Gaal, even to some extent at Holland because of the way that they played and how, how you know, they traditionally played 4-3-3 four, 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 three, three, and then he, he changes to three at the back and everyone, even the press are going, it's really boring. Yeah. It's winning games. So you take that and then you stop winning and then suddenly the tactics fucking suck. But I think that you're right. I think if you manage long enough, and I, I'd argue that the only example of this not happening is Pep, but that's because his cash flow is unlimited, so therefore yeah. he can skirt by um, having, you know, because every, because I think that even even with Liverpool or Madrid or PSG, pretty much every other team other than Man City themselves has every four or five years they have that one shit season. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it'll be the year where Monaco wins the league. It'll be the year where you know the Borussia Dortmund win the league over there, or you know Juventus stop winning the league. They always have these like cycles. Juventus stop buying the league. <laughs> yeah, Juventus stop buying the league and 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 um, joining the Super League because apparently buying the league isn't wasn't enough. 
Um, and, and, you know, in Spain, it's the same thing. You get that other year where you're like, oh, it's Atleti winning this year. It's not Barca or, or, or Real. Actually, um, yeah, true. Your man, um, Simeone, has been very consistent. Mm. I, I think, like, Fergie is probably the truest exception where, like, he actually but, was But even still... Simeone, even Simeone has big dips because they'll yeah, finish for sure, fourth, yeah. fourth, 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 and then the one year where they'll have all the squad prime good to go, which last time would have been 2020, mm. uh, probably looking at the year after this one, when he sells Joe Felix and you start moving on that's, the older That's it's, the thing, like Simeone will get a pass though. because he he always seems to have a tiny squad. He's always like stretching the resources as far as he possibly can. So like you yeah. would look at it as a dip in terms of form, but when you look at the like actual resources available to him, you'll kind of just be like, he's actually done a sensational job like with the hand that he's been yeah. dealt and stuff. Um, whereas mm. I think if you look at Fer Fergie is like kind of the inverse of that, where he seemingly had a wealth of resources and the ability and the name to sign any player in the world, but he was happy winning leagues with fucking frauds like Tom Cleverly in the team and stuff like that. So yeah, I think he he was more system over names. I think I think that's the sure. thing you have to say. Yeah, loyalty some of, some and of sort teams. of all that type mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. The locker room mentality then comes from having Giggsy and Skulls on the pitch rather than necessarily replacing them when they hit 31, 32, because you're like, okay, they don't yeah. just, maybe they're shitter in the pitch, but they keep that, you know, the, whatever the Bringing Skulls as corpse uh, out of retirement just because you let Pogba go for free over some yeah. bullshit fucking uh, or, or, ego trip. Yeah. Or Park G Sun wasn't fit, so or Anderson wasn't fit. I mean, I have to say, though, some of those United teams from, like, 2010 to maybe 2013, he had no business winning the fucking league. No, that, that's, that's what I mean. That That's why I'm saying, like, he actually is, like, the most mm. elite level manager of, like, my lifetime because of that exact reason. Mm. Like, it, it's it's all well and good winning things with great players and spending lots of money and stuff like that. And, and like, that does take mm. talent, too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I don't mm -hmm. I, I think that Pep is as good as he is because he's as good as, good as he is. But um, but Fergie. Yeah, like, you still got to nurture the talent. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Fergie is nurturing fucking Wes Brown. Like, let's let's see Pep yeah. fucking nurture Wes Brown into the fucking. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, I'm sure I've made a lot of people angry. I, I kind of forget how hostile football fans are in general. But you know what? I'm just fucking sick of Van Hal. I'm sick of his stupid fucking face. I'm sick of him like going viral with every fucking nonsensical bullshit comment that he makes and all of his fucking lunatic. Like he just. All right, I'm going to stop. Fuck Van Hal. That's my You must like the, the, I mean, come on. What about the sex masochism comment? That was pretty funny. God, I, like, I, I think, like, I can laugh at all that stuff and I think it's great. But what it's I funny hate... hearing a Dutch man say sex masochism. <laughs> I know. But, like, I don't even, like, I, I actually, like, I don't really hate the man, despite all of that stuff that I just said. Um, no, what it's I the hate presentation of it, isn't it? Yeah, the f yeah, the fandom yeah, around yeah, yeah. it, and like just the notion That's that it. because he says stupid shit, like that also actually makes him a great manager as well. Like I just I, I hate like people jizzing themselves silly over like stupid shit that is just not even uh, I don't know. I, I'm a hater. Like just put me down. I'm a salty, sour-faced hater, and <laughs> my team didn't even make it to the World Cup, and I need to satisfy my passion by having rants against other teams managers and that's fine and if i've offended you good so yes and that's the football on the pitch what about um culturally society wise you know did qatar do the right thing by banning drinks at the stadium because arguably maybe that gets the violence down and maybe women and children can go to the football games or do you think that you know that should be people's choices uh, because I 
think you're going there, you know, here's so, um, oftentimes the way I will assess like a, the morals or ethics of a situation is I look at what, what is the established norm that we have and how is that being uh, reinforced or is it being like evenly, um, like kind of distributed or whatever. So like personally, when it comes to like alcohol in stadiums, I think banning it is actually perfectly fine especially like you know you have some of these countries whose fans are like notoriously rowdy not gonna say any names but uh it, it, like it does happen like ireland <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> known terrible fans ireland but yeah. um when you think awful fans you go those irish <laughs> yeah happy yeah. having a good time not bothering other cleaning people cleaning up after themselves yeah. cleaning up after themselves yeah fucking scumbags <laughs> but you get like i i think i think no alcohol in stadiums i think it's fine um however my a big issue that i have with it is um budweiser pay like a fucking astronomical sum like in order to get their drink to be the the leading uh brand like the the name brand on the on all the kegs like all, all that kind of thing um in previous years when a FIFA event would take place in a country where these laws exist. FIFA would just come in and be like, all right, listen, we got paid the big bucks by Budweiser. And if you want this tournament to take place here, you're going to change this piece of legislation. And that's what Brazil did. Yeah. You're not allowed to drink alcohol yeah, in football exactly stadiums it. in Brazil, but they changed that law. Right. So I, now that's shady. That's scummy. And uh, like, you know, on one hand, I am kind of like on Qatar's side here. Like it, that's not their cultural norm. That's not what they do. But I, I just I hate this double standard. Like if you're a Brazilian, you kind of are now going to be looking at people like, oh, well, like, fuck us then, you know, like Qatar must have paid a certain amount mm -hmm. of money or like we all know. Like it's it's an open secret and not even a, a good one that like this entire fucking organization operates through bribery and brown envelopes. Like that's just the fucking nature of the business. It is what it Since is. Since day one, yeah, I've exactly, read yeah. a very long, very very detailed book on the history of FIFA. Now, this has to be said as well. Pre FIFA, you could argue it was even worse. We're talking bribes to break players' legs. We're talking FAs being bribed by certain teams because you didn't have a governing body mm -hmm. that kind of oversaw, you know, you had each country, but then that's that's all kept in-house. Therefore, the corruption is all kept in-house. Therefore, it's systemic that it trickles down to, you know, you could even say that, for example, Franco, who was the, I mean, a lot of people don't think he's a dictator, he, but I say he's an authoritarian sort of dictatorish guy mm -hmm. in Spain. He made sure that Real Madrid, his team, got a lot of more money, got a lot more financial rights, got a lot more exposure, which is why in the 60s, Real Madrid won as many Champions Leagues as they did while he was kind of not funding Barca, Atletico, and a bunch of other teams um, to the same degree. Yeah. So FIFA then come in, comes into existence and says, hey, we'll look after every single one of these associations because, again, if you think stuff was, <laughs> if you think there's corruption in Europe, you can only imagine what was going on um, in South America back then. Mm -hmm. um, so they kind of picked it up, oversaw the whole thing, but then they are corrupt in their own way because for them, it's all about money. So you, as you said, you, you went to the point where Qatar pretty much, I think overall Qatar put about 220 billion uh, pounds, uh, sorry, dollars into promotion, acquiring the World Cup and bribing, you know, shaking the right hands and greasing them up. 
Yeah, yeah. They'll tell you that's just business. That's just business. <laughs> that's FIFA business. That's how you get a World Cup. That's how you become. That's how you become a player. Is you have to have money. So they didn't put so much money that they go. You know what? The, normally you can go and change the laws, as you said, because Budweiser or or fucking Heineken have put in a lot of money, not just to advertise, but obviously at every kiosk, every stand, every venue, their stuff. Well, they've gone. We can afford to pay Budweiser to fuck off. We can afford to pay FIFA not to enforce these things. Yeah, so exactly. So it's kind of like it's a Hydra type situation because all of the heads are just as evil as the other one, no matter whose head you cut off, which they probably do because you're gay or something like that in those countries. And then that's what we get into. It's There's an arrogance from the Western media to say everything should be exactly like it is for us. And, and if your country doesn't abide by our rules, then you're definitely in the wrong. That's not on. But then the other side of that is when you persecute a minority, whether it's based on color, whether it's based on class, whether it's based on um, um, gender, whether it's based on sexuality, where it's based on anything that, again, people in theory do not have to be control over, that's when it gets really tricky because it's like, arguably, people who didn't, people who weren't choosing to be gay when they were born. And they also weren't choosing not to be welcomed in certain places. And the fact that they go, you know, you have to respect the rules of our country, you have to respect the rules of our country. Well, sexuality shouldn't be a rule. Yeah. But then you can't just go in and go, change your rules then. Go up to the highest of, of, of presidential power or political power and say, you need to change this because, you know, gay people, lesbians, you know, non-binary people want to get involved in this. They just won't see it like we do. They'll see them as like freaks and fucking, you know, something that's not necessarily good or right. And you can't change their minds. And the only way you can be able to change people's minds is through compassion and trying to make them meet, meet you in the middle ground, which I think is kind of what, you know, Germany tried to do with that message. I think Denmark wanted to have like a black kit, which is said one love. Yeah. It was weird that that was banned because. They go, oh, FIFA doesn't accept any political statement. It's like, well, that's not a political statement. That's a human rights statement. Same as the slaves and all the people that died. It's not political to say that many people shouldn't have died. Someone needs to look into this up to the point where maybe this should have been looked into as we go into the tournament so that people could maybe be far more aware and make a moral, morally based decision on whether or not they want to go there or support it. But the fact that they hide everything and kind of put everything off, they would. Why wouldn't they? Put everything behind closed doors. It just makes that all the much harder because you're almost having to do your own research. You're having to like go off to the side and go, oh, they did all this fucked up shit. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult because I think that the people of Qatar, they have nothing. It's not on them. But the powers that be could have been way more accommodating. And they weren't. So they should be criticized for that, right? Can you give me a really quick second? Um, yeah. Sorry, I just... Um, I, I found the, the whole discussion around, uh, like, 
rainbows all of this stuff like the fucking rainbow symbol lgbt colors like all of this stuff i think that it's the cringiest fucking thing from the perspective of like you know it's the build-up to the tournament and all these countries like england harry kane is like yeah i'm gonna wear the fucking rainbow colored armband like absolutely i am and then it gets like one day before and like oh yeah no we're not gonna because we might get a yellow card (laughs) Like, dude, fucking risk the fucking yellow card. Like, oh my fucking God, it's a yellow card on a football pitch for you making, like, one of the fucking bravest political statements that you can possibly make in the year 2022 in the face of, like, a World Cup tournament that is absolutely fucking shrouded in controversy, human rights abuses, like, a huge spotlight being being shone on this kind of world where it's it's ran by like uh this theocratical like worst possible reading of religious doctrine and then and then inflicted on like just innocent like citizens who have done nothing wrong other than like simply being born gay or whatever and you won't even risk a fucking yellow card like fuck you man like can you imagine the fucking you know the the fucking olympian uh when like hitler was there and the dude did did the um you know the like black power symbol or whatever with his fist in the air can you imagine if he was like threatened with a fucking olympic yellow card he's like oh no i'm not gonna do it like fuck off man it's so fucking spineless to me like oh no i might get a yellow card fuck you dude jesus christ take the yellow card i think Roy Keane says something along those lines yeah just like take the fucking hit and just deal with it because if you if you feel that strongly about it then surely you have to make that statement yeah and even if you are just playing identity politics to say to people back home hey look we stood up for something even though we kind of treat you know maybe not so much gays and lesbians and bisexual people but non-binary people so you know we're we're, we're amidst of the the uh 2020s uh satanic panic which is the grooming you know it's very similar very very similar to that so it's not like we have our hands aren't clean and nobody's saying that but of course if you're playing what about ism? Then you can never criticize anywhere or anything, which would be ridiculous. So yeah, just fucking do it. Just say, hey, you know what? We'll take all of us. We'll take the yellow one game, one time. If the first game of the champion of the Champions League of the of the World Cup, we'll just take the L. You know, if that's how we, what the punishment is, it's not the heaviest of punishments, but we'll leave the message there, and that message will inspire people ten years from now, twenty years from now. As you said, the guy that did the um, who did the fist in the air thing really fascinating story as well because there's a black guy that came first whose name i don't remember a black guy that came second and the guy that finished third he um because obviously that became quite iconic and they were going to build a statue like a plinth of that the guy with the hand and the guy in second also doing the hands mm-hmm. and they asked the guy who finished in third and they said do you want your statue to be there as well and he said no because that space is then for the people to go in and put the fist up as well. I was like, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, the guy was like that selfless. And I think he's like a Danish guy. I don't remember his name. His name doesn't come to mind. But um, yeah, you make the statement and then you deal with a fallout because if you that strongly feel that strongly about it, which you should, which most people, countries and teams should, in my opinion. Also, um, just like, what is the fucking problem with your, like, fucking system of running a country that it's so fucking fragile that the sight of a rainbow is... Like, what? I just, I don't, I don't mm. understand, like, any of this. You know, like, this, um... 
this Balenciaga thing that's going on or fucking all, all of this other shit where like the right are saying like these fucking Matt Walsh and like pricks like this are saying like, uh, oh, yeah, there's like drag shows involving kids and, and they're grooming them and whatever. Like, do you think that when I see the Balenciaga advert, you know, that thing, do, do you need me to explain this controversy or do you know yes. about it? Okay. No. I know nothing about. So, I, heard, I know I heard Balenciaga, Kanye the, of all people. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Balenciaga are like a clothing company, and they have always had these extremely, um, let's say, noteworthy slash risque slash very out there and edgy types of ad campaigns and like catwalk shows and stuff like that. Like, they've done a lot of, like, weird stuff. Now, not necessarily nefarious, but, like, different. Um, but they had a, an ad campaign recently where they had these uh, little kids, like, I mean, probably, like, five, six, seven years old. And they're holding these teddy right. bears that are dressed in, like, kind of what looks a lot like BDSM, like, bondage type um gear now every stuff yeah yeah and like kind of uh straps and whatever now these are the teddies i'm talking about not the kids but anyway um if you there's like a table behind them and if, if you zoom in on the table there's a piece of paper and it's got like the reading of a famous landmark court case. Uh, sorry, no, it's not a court case. It's actually a law, um, some internet uh, child porn protection law is written on the paper. Um, okay. And yeah, so it's a really weird ad campaign. Okay, like I at no point am I going to defend Balenciaga or say that this is good. Like no, I, no. it's just weird. Telling me what's going on. Yeah. 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 Now it's weird. Okay, but the way that the right are reacting to this you would swear that when i look at it i'm gonna be like you know what i didn't want to fuck a kid before but looking at this you know <laughs> it actually adds you've got the bear you've got the law like yeah actually fucking kids is good like nobody is going to think that or say yeah. that so like like and so if you do you already do yeah exactly you know I mean? exactly if you are, yeah. I mean, again this isn't the justification obviously it's not an endorsement but if you are that way inclined it's not going to be an advert. Yeah. With the so, fucking bears, that's going to be like, I'm now a pe- I wasn't a pedophile prior to this. I've now become a pedophile. Now, now let's say you're a higher <laughs> yeah. up in, in the Qatar government structure, right? Whatever. Do you, is your mm-hmm. idea that the mere sight of a rainbow is going to turn people gay? Like, is that the idea? Is that why you're so afraid of it being broadcast or whatever? Like, I, I understand why we're not allowed to wave swastikas in public squares, right? Is because that symbol has, that symbol is like responsible for the deaths of like millions, blah, 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 like whatever. Okay. But like a we rainbow, this, yeah. like, let's get real here. It's a fucking rainbow on a, like, come on, yeah. dude. Like, what the fuck kind of harm? how fucking fragile is your society if you're afraid of it being torn apart by a fucking rainbow image it's the whole thing is so fucking yeah. cringe to me you I, i'm sorry but you cannot like um have the expectation that you're allowed to participate in these uh grandiose scale billions of viewers levels of global events yeah yeah catering yeah. to everybody right exactly and and also like put out such a significant portion of like what we all have come to accept is like you know like these are just like it's just i don't know dude it it makes it it's just cringe like i know that it's so much more than cringe i know that the stakes are way higher than me cringing but like 
I just hear this shit and I'm like, come the fuck on, dude. And all the people on Twitter who are like, oh, well, it's their country. They're like, fuck you. Like, you're part of the fucking problem as well. Like, uh, That's the I don't point. Know. It's like, it is their culture. I'm not, not I'm trying, trying to erase your fucking culture here. But like, yeah, thinking how you think about flags or, or one love or you love for all or respect everybody's choices. <laughs> That was also not a thing everywhere else yeah, for a while. Yeah. And we've kind of, we've still got a long way to go, but we slowly started dismantling these things because obviously sexuality has been, you know, not whatever you deem to be normal. That's not been the norm for as far back as time itself. Yeah, well, so the Spartans were all fucking each other. So the Romans had big male orgies. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, some women there too, but like, you don't have to look that far. You just have to know where to look historically to know that sexuality has always been a very broad spe spectrum, and yeah. it's only been usually comes from you know through religion that um, it dictates these rules. But you're right. Like you could say in this country, you know, it's it's. I mean, I don't know if it's illegal to be gay there, but I'm pretty sure it's not legal either. It, it's illegal it and it is theoretically punishable by death. So it's not like you're not actually going to get sentenced to death for being gay. But I think if you do like some, I don't know what the offenses would be, but like the repeat if you offenses. It, it'll be public displays on it. It'll be like if you kiss a dude, if you hold hands with a dude. Yeah, no, you're, you're going away for a long time. With another man. Yeah, you'll be, you're going to the gulags or whatever their version of that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you won't be treated very nicely, obviously. You'd and probably be killed, to be honest. You'd probably end up having killed yourself. You'd be disappeared. Yeah. 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 So, so then there's probably less voices that are outspoken about it. It's a classic. It's a classic thing. It's a classic uh, power struggle between <laughs> the haves and the have-nots. But if you're a citizen coming in, if you're, if I'm going to Romania, if I'm going to fucking Holland, if I'm going to New Zealand, at no point. Do my clothes or sexuality become a reason why I should or shouldn't get there? Yeah. So it kind of sucks that the place where the football is, and football is arguably the most played sport, is meant to be sports so basic that you can play it all the way down to Sunday League, all the way down to your local park, all the way up to Champions League finals, World Cup finals. It's meant to be enjoyed by everybody. So when it feels like certain people don't even have the option or the right to do so, well, then you're not hosting a global event, therefore you probably shouldn't have been given the keys to the fucking castle because yeah, exactly. you don't have the responsibility to look after everybody and feed everybody on the table. And if I everybody's just, not being fed on the table, you know? I also what's like... I, I don't, I don't think that... I don't think everyone has to wear the uh, rainbow armband, right? Like, if they don't want it, they don't want it. Like, I don't care. I'm not going to make mm. anyone do anything. But you fucking said you would. Like, you fucking came yes. out publicly, said that you were going to do it, and then fucking pussied out at the last minute. It's just such a fucking... Which is worse. It, yeah, it is. It's an, it's an act Don't of just cowardice. Like, I, like yeah. I know that, that like people get killed in Qatar for, like, expressions of gay rights or whatever. I don't think that they're going to fucking disappear Harry Kane. That's just my personal opinion <laughs> on the matter. I think it's in their best interests to not fucking start an international incident like that. And it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's just... I don't... No one has ever been booked for a symbol on their armband. I, I Or at least, <laughs> if it has happened, yeah. I certainly don't fucking know about it. Um, it's yeah, just it's nonsense. More than enough Nazi signs coming from uh, Hungary fans. Yes, we've seen yeah. um, Nazi signs coming from players themselves, like Turkish players, I believe. <laughs> Paolo Di Canio. 
Paolo De Canio famously that said that I don't think he understood what it meant. Wayne Hennessy had a little photo taken when he that was, was hilarious. Yeah, well, how you doing? And he's like, I have no idea. I just wait. I'm looking forward like, to learning particular. more about Hitler and the Jews. Like, yeah, yeah, very particular um absolute there, sir. But um, you give him the benefit of that, so he didn't know. But if he does it again, then obviously he's a fucking freak. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think I think it's that's the that's the du- du- duality of it all is that like on the pitch, football has been great. I'm sure the stadiums are incredible. I'm sure the you know the, the hotels from everything seems to be top notch. But then when it comes to expression of you know, freedom of expression, I sound like one of those fucking guys on Twitter. You sound like, like Alex Jones. Everything should be allowed. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing, everything should be allowed. I'm just saying that, like, expression of love shouldn't be banned. But um, this yeah, is a, this a about the world. Oh. You think this is a good opportunity to segue to Twitter and Elon and all that? Yeah, yeah, we might as well jump into that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the, uh, so well I know, the I know you love them all. You love <laughs> you love Andrew Tate. You love uh, uh, Doctor Jordan Peterson. Peterson, whatever his fucking name is. He has me blocked on Um, Twitter. You know that? I'm blocked by him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Did you say, did you, did you leave any comments or something? Yeah. He, um, so this was, um, the, the right wing sort of, okay. And here's, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fairly charitable here until I'm not anymore. But I'm going to start this off by saying, when I say the right, I am going to include people who claim to be on the left. So uh, people like Jordan Peterson and oh, Tim yeah, Pool. Yeah, 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 classic liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave Rubin, whatever. Okay, like they are on the right. They espouse right-wing talking points. Their criticisms are only ever for the left. Their signals are only ever boosted by the right. For all intents and purposes, when I say coming from the right, I might as well be talking about Jordan Peterson. So just shut the fuck up if that's your like semantic argument. Like, actually, he's a liberal. Like, he fucking isn't. Um, but he. So the it's entire. The it's the grifters. It's 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 the internet people. They're not left or right or anything. They're just outrage machines, aren't they? But they mostly cater to the right, yes. I genuinely don't think Peterson is actually a grifter. Um, I think he's just reached a kind of... I I think there's something about him is, like, short-circuiting. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a, there's a few... Like, here's... I'll, I'll set the scene. Um, the entire uh, anti... Uh, the, the, the groomer... All the groomer discourse, which is when people on the right are kind of acting like the LGBTQ, um, like this is some kind of pedophile coalition is kind of what what they've pivoted to, this really fucking bizarre talking point. I honestly thought that we were making good progress. I thought that the right, they certainly always say the right things now where it's like, oh, I, don't, I just don't think that the government should be involved in marriage. But yeah, if two guys want to get married, like whatever. But, but it turns out they didn't actually mean that. They were just saying that for optics and it turns out that yeah, it was a lie, it. and that they on their on their side. Yeah, yeah, they seem to genuinely believe that a lot of uh, that that basically pedophilia comes from within the LGBTQ, uh, which is which is kind of bizarre. But so anyway, this all caught me by surprise. Yeah, it's not like it's not like noncing around. <laughs> it's not like being a fucking little nonce has is is really a, a, a new age thing. Yeah, um, exactly. Last, yeah, last few. I want to say it's about 2002, 2003, certainly 
being in Portugal, there was a very, very famous case of a lot of TV presenters and a lot of people in um, the, the, the Christian branch of uh, Portugal being caught, imprisoned, um, whatever. So it seems to come from all directions is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like, they're really trying to pin it down to those groups, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, like like Jimmy Savile or whatever. Like that, like these abuses of power. Yeah. Like this kind of thing absolutely does happen. But so anyway, um, mm. the reason this is just why Peterson blocked me. Um, there was sure. a quote from a woman who is like this not the ceo maybe the coo of disney um i cannot mm -hmm. remember her name right but she was asked the question this was around the time of the don't say gay bill uh by the sanctus when that was being kind of pushed through before it had actually been brought into action um mm -hmm. and someone in disney uh this this lady i can't remember her name i should have really brought the facts but i didn't even know i'd be talking about this but anyway so she's like asked no, no. Uh, i should note that every, everything here is we haven't like we normally take notes and stuff and have a lot of pre-preparation yeah but we thought we'd do this one off the top of the dome so you know, please don't fact check every single thing that we say. Yeah, and also go fuck yourself. <laughs> but so anyway, yeah. uh... no, we've got time to do that. Come on, <laughs> get life. <laughs> this lady was asked a really simple question, like, um, "Do you uh, believe in LGBT representation?" Something like that, and she said, mm -hmm. "Yes, of course. I am the mother of two uh, queer children. I have one uh, trans child and I have one uh, non-binary child. I think that's what she said. And then Peterson replied to her or quote tweeted it saying um, something to the effect of, uh, in quotation marks, a non-binary mm -hmm. child. We have now reached a point where um, nobody knows what the hell anybody even means anymore. Something like that. He, he basically made it seem like she was making a wild statement. And I replied to him saying, you are a clinical psychologist and you don't know what non-binary is? That's a fucking yikes from me, dog. Okay, now fair enough if he blocked <laughs> me. I was a cunt. But then every, I, like, this was the first time I, I was made aware of all the, the, the groomer stuff. The entire fucking army of peace and fanboys all started replying to me, calling me a groomer. And I was like, hold on a fucking second, what? Um, and then, so someone was like, what, you think it's okay to diagnose a child as non-binary? And I was like, do you understand that when a mother is talking about her children, that does not mean that they are minors, right? Like, a woman can say, I have a homosexual child. Like, what she means, like, the child can be fucking 45. It's still going to be her child, though. Child, that's like, it, yeah. that's, it's like, what she means is I am the mother of a non-binary person. It didn't mean I have a fucking four-year-old non-binary. Like, it's just so, man, they're so fucking yeah. dishonest. And wouldn't even take, like, the 45 seconds to fucking Google this statement and see if it's true. I mm. looked this woman up after. She's got, like, fucking seven kids or something. They're all, like, adults. Every single one of them. She's, like, fucking 57 years old or something like that. Like, she's not going around yeah. with toddlers and saying oh yeah these kids are transgender because i'm indoctrinating them whatever and then i can do some weird pedophile satanic shit like oh man they've lost their fucking minds completely and they're so, like the thing i'll i'll give peterson a lot of uh charitability i'll be really fair to the guy as, as much as i possibly can like i don't think that peterson is yeah, a nazi yeah, yeah exactly but like honestly yeah but like no one will actually like 
I know that he speaks with a lot of kind of waffle. He chops up a lot of word salads and stuff. But no one on the left will actually give him a fair shake. Like a lot of the times, they'll just be like, here's here's 30 second thing out of context. This means he's a Nazi. Like he says a lot of yikes things, but he very often does actually qualify them with other things. Now, when he qualifies them, that's when you're allowed to argue and push back because he does talk a lot of waffle. But most people don't even put in the effort to actually learn what the fuck he's saying in the first place. And that really annoys me. But all of that aside, I can't understand what it would be like to be Jordan Peterson, right? Let's say you're operating in good faith and you get this one bit of pushback and you block the person because they were mean to you like I was to him. It would really alarm me if someone gave me pushback on a point, right? And I blocked them. But I see all my fans interacting with them and they're calling them a pedophile just for saying this. That would give me pause. Like, I would be like, hold on. Is there something about my messaging that's implying yeah, what that am I, I think putting that... out there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. just think yeah. that it's really fucking weird. Um, mm. And the subtext there is, I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's calculated. But I just think it's so strange that all these sure. guys seem to have all of these, like, fucking, oh, like, we're so charitable, uh, marketplace of ideas, blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't seem to bother you when your fans are, like, outwardly saying shit, like all LGBT people are pedophiles and all this. Like, I just don't, it's fucking bizarre. Like, it, it's a fucking yeah. really bizarre thing. And it came out of nowhere. Like, they loaded this up yes. into the canon in, like, May or June of this year and launched it. Yeah. And, like, I didn't even know that they had the gunpowder for that kind of thing. I thought we were all cool. Like, I didn't think that the right loved the gays, right? Like, I'm not a fucking moron. But I did think that they had begrudgingly become tolerant of them because they accepted that it's yeah, optically they have very like a bad. Branch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they have, like, a branch of, um, you know, conservatives in whatever fashion or form as, like, social conservatives, fiscal conservatives who are gay. Yeah, who exactly. Are lesbian who are bisexual who are a little bit more a little bit less traditional whatever the christian nationalist values are yeah yeah. you'd have there's okay there's also a little space for you guys but it seems that the outrage clicks and the reactionary immediate profits override the fact that you could have you can be seen as an ally for these other groups so you can actually nurture them into your tribe and your your political side because you can go hey we still tolerate tolerate quote unquote we still look after our own this no matter if they're black white asian japanese french you know whatever background you are it doesn't matter because if you feel like you're conservative that means we share the same core values which then means we can be on the same room whereas it feels like they've gone mm-hmm. completely in the extreme ones of course there's going to be you know you look in specific there's an exception to every rule but it does feel like the mainstream conservative reactionary people the ones that tweet 40 to 15 times a day about every yeah. news story they seem to have just planted their feet by going if you are gay and or lesbian and or bisexual and or uh, trans and if you're remotely associated with drag shows gay clubs night bars gay nights uh, you know you don't have theme nights about specific things you know culturally speaking or sexual about people's sexuality it feels like if you're anywhere on board with that if you watch rupaul's drag race you are nuns you are yeah, a pedophile yeah, yeah. and this is why it feels this is why i mentioned it feels like the satanic panic part too because when i um long story short People who don't know, I have a media studies degree, so I did a lot of 
research into what was, you know, the big stories going into the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and up until I um, graduated, which would have been in the mid-2010s, which is such a weird thing to say. Mid-2010s, that's what I said. 2000, 2010s, I don't know. May 2010, that's mid-2010. Yeah, Yeah, the the, the 10s. Um, And I did a lot of research into it, and um, IRA, Satanic Panic... This is culturally probably more based here in England where I live. Um, but the satanic panic thing was literally going, it got distilled all the way down to if you listen to rock music, you are just as much of a Satanist and a cultist, and you, you drink the blood of children as the actual people that Satanists and people who do do that. Like, you know, it's the same thing with the Peter Filler thing. Well, Peter Filler seems to come from all walks of life, just like murderers, rapists, killers, and Mostly men, let's face it. Mm-hmm. Um, they come from all walks of life. Not all men, or 90% of the men. They seem to come from all walks of life, but they're really trying to hone down by making it a one-way street, which goes, if you're accepting of gay rights, or if you're accepting of sex workers, or if you're accepting of trans people expressing themselves, you are a groomer, like people said to you in the comments, you are just as bad as 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 the worst of the worst, or they'll throw in a whole like, did you know Hitler was a leftist? I don't give a shit. He was that a fucking horrible the... person. He you know, wasn't if... by any fucking like. Yeah, sure. If you know nothing about anything, like it's such yeah. a fucking is, nonsense. Is that, is that like is he a leftist in the same way that the People's Democratic, uh, the People's Democratic Republic of China is actually dem- dem- democratic and public and free? You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where the Russian yeah. Federation is like an actual open North free, Korea, you know, fucking democratic republic. Yeah. Of Korea. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, the People's North Korea of the the fucking yeah exactly. Like yeah, so if, you, if you literally look at it. From the fact that they call themselves national socialists, literally those words should be associated with people who would lean to one side, but they don't, and they didn't, and they haven't. So don't fucking try and do that. But back to, to this thing where they label everybody and us. And by the way, that's just the current trend. I'm sure we can sit here and pick apart 22 trends for 2022 of each way the right was trying to go because sometimes they dump Trump, uh, dump Trump, and sometimes they love him. Sometimes they dump these other people, but then they go, oh, maybe we need them back. Here, and he here's just a... goes all the way up. here's here's the thing that i so you know what i was saying earlier about when you asked me about the the alcohol in the stadiums in Qatar, and i said like when i'm when i'm like assessing these things i'll look at what the landscape is and then i'll see if it gets uh like i i i'm not like a guy who will ever like set the rules really like i know what my principles are what i like and i try and be as consistent what you believe and what you stand sure yeah yeah now the right has done a really good job uh, since around 2015 or so um, in sort of popularizing this notion of the marketplace of ideas. Your ideas are blah, blah, blah. Like, we don't judge anyone in between. You just say your ideas. We argue which ideas are better. So, like, I'm on board with that. Uh, the right kind of convinced me of that. And so I was like, okay, so if I'm arguing with a conservative person, uh, I will just like say my points. I will uh, argue against theirs, and like they'll either be convinced or they won't. But like I've done my part. I've met them on their terms. I feel like they don't actually believe that. <laughs> and like here's 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 what makes me um, really sus about it. So like. You have, like, Matt Walsh, this guy. He he writes for the Daily Wire, just for the listeners, if you guys don't know who he is. And he has had... Oh, hang on, because I've seen, I've seen this motherfucker's trailers that have come up on my YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the ads. He... And, and, and he's, 
he's really taken upon himself to, to define what genders are or really yeah he's on this gender crusade on who's what and he has been going on about this for hold on sorry let me re how since like I? what 2017 it usually begins with trump i would say it the last people... year he he seems to have gotten like a really a, a lot of like uh what do you call it a lot of positive reinforcement from his audience since he started moving into oh, this traction. gender stuff yeah traction that's the yeah. one yeah so like he he says all of this stuff right and then like he had this incident where he kind of like doxed a a, a gender clinic at a at a hospital which resulted in this hospital I, I believe it was in massachusetts getting like a bomb threat and stuff and then we had the shooting at the gay bar or whatever matt walsh is mm -hmm. like he he genuinely believes that he has like no culpability whatsoever in this. Now, I think I can under I think I can put myself in his shoes and kind of if I genuinely believed that every single person had their own free will, it was up to them to decide and I didn't have that much of an influence that I would make people do these things. Okay, I can meet him there and and like understand why mm. he thinks he might have no culpability in it whatsoever. Okay? But you can't simultaneously believe that and then believe that a, someone who goes to a drag show is going to become a pedophile, right? Because then you're kind of removing the concept of free will from everybody. So when it comes to being responsible for your yeah, own you're actions, I know better. I know, you're like, I know what happens uh, at these places, right? yeah, like, uh, the, oh, so everyone actually has free will. That's why I'm not responsible. But then something bad happens uh, involving, like, I don't even know, has there been a single case of grooming in these clubs that they're, like, so outraged about? Or if it's just those, like, kind of yikes pictures of, like, a... So, like I, I don't even know is someone dressed in like a tong with like a uh, tape over their nipples while they're holding the hand of a kid i think that that's like that's not a good like that's not a good look like it's kind of a little bit i don't think i would want my kid around that do i think that that's pedophilia no there's a like it, exactly it, it, it takes a lot different. to actually like determine what pedophilia is and it's certainly not that right like fucking go to carnavale yeah. in brazil which is like an open fucking parade that goes through like almost every city in the fucking country that's and people right. are dressed exactly like that okay so like like, you can't just in Portugal too. Yes. Yeah, people right. are very scantily clad. Yeah. women. And, and it's you just know, like... you're probably gonna get just as many blokes doing it, but mostly it'd be women in thongs and this and that. And you're like, okay, that sexualization in front of children's fine, I guess. Mm, yeah. And the other one, not so much. I just, but I the just idea don't. Is that one of them is meant to be good family wholesome entertainment, and the other one's meant to be this, just like fucking dark-sided was a fucking you know it might as well be pedophilia because it's a drag show it's like well if you go into a drag show generally it's very cheeky it's, it's like very panto it's panto yeah it's literally just the same yeah, but you're not concept. getting exactly so it's yes yeah, it's just a different place <laughs> you know yeah and, and uh, building you're going into it, it uh, just i i just can't it's it's the same as the Qatar thing where like they think that by being exposed to the rainbow, people are going to be morally corrupted. Like, the right seem to think the same thing. They think that, like, the cultural impact of the LGBTQ is somehow tearing society apart. It's tearing at the fabric of society. Like, I just don't... It's the same way that people during the satanic panic, they wouldn't want their kids listening to Motorhead or ACDC or whatever because they think that they're right. genuinely going to become satanic. Like, you, you can't believe in free will when it comes to absolving yourself of all responsibility and then simultaneously absolve yourself of the belief of free will when it comes to something that you're ideologically opposed to existing in the mainstream. Like, yeah. just, this is so fucking dishonest. It's such a huge, like... Um, 
I don't know. It's an elephant in the room. No one would ever fucking ask them about it or whatever. So it, it just is what no, it is. No, that's so. not really... I think we talked about this. And that's always where I found strange that, like, whenever they are uh, interviewed or in a situation where with somebody who doesn't exactly agree fully with what they believe, the arguments and pushbacks are just as awful as those hot takes about... Um, drag shows being pedophilic and being fucked up like that. Yeah. What they what they get dragged up on isn't so much what they stand for as human, which which is harsh. I know it's hard to just have a conversation with somebody and start questioning who they are as people and why is it that they choose to think the things that they do and are they doing it for outrage or are they doing it because they genuinely believe it. Because I wouldn't want somebody else coming after me asking me those things, even yeah. if I believed in what is essentially even and fair right, which is, you know, everyone should have a voice. Yeah. Um, everyone should Radical, be heard. Yeah. But then you kind of, yeah, but then you kind of go into dark pockets because you go, what if somebody was a Nazi? Could he get a seat at the table? What if somebody was like anti, um, anti Western and they just hated all Western people and they were like really pro. ISIS, would they have a seat at the table? What if someone was a Coldplay fan? Yeah, yeah. What if someone was was a muse, uh, listening to Muse and told me they're the greatest band of all time? Should they have a seat at the table? Uh, Then they are actually a pedophile. That's different. (laughs) Grooming confirmed. That's a joke. I don't want that out there. It's like, they (laughs) think that Muse fans are nonsense. All of you. Um, No. So, um, and also you got to know parody and and comedy as well. It's sarcastic enough. But I do feel like surely surely they're all very aware of the fact that they get pushed back all the time but they've reached such a high level of audience retention and such a level of financial gain that it the only only way to go is to go further and further and further and further and the problem is as more and more people leave twitter and this would be a good jumping off point to talk about elon after this but as more and more people leave twitter there's less voices speaking out against those people which then means they get more emboldened because you're then consistently speaking to your audience. You are consistently delivering the message of what they want to hear. And therefore you're emboldening, emboldening them and making them believe that the, what they think is actually true. And that's going to be the hardest thing to fight. It's not so much that people shouldn't be allowed to speak. That's not what we're saying here. What we're saying is you should have a responsibility to also be called out for your stupid shit that you say. Just like I should be called out for the stupid shit that I say. Because if I say something that's ignorant and wrong, I want somebody pull me aside and go, hey, you shouldn't say stuff like that because that is not how you, you know, you should say this stuff about the Moroccan football team despite beating Portugal. You shouldn't say that they're shit. If anyone anyone comments in defense of Louis van Gaal, I will block them from my fucking show. That's different. But that's opinion. (laughs) What you think about Louis van Gaal? Yeah, fuck and there's not the fact that someone's gonna go. He's won ten trophies in 1993, and you go, "What?" I still don't like his weird press conference. It's a different thing. But since this fucking clown's bought Twitter, Twitter is probably busier, which is what he wants. He wants the clicks. He wants the retainment. He wants to keep people on the app. Mm-hmm. But I think it's far less healthy, far more toxic, and far less open. Because actually, what happens is now you're getting funneled into specific topics and corners, not so much as before, where maybe it was more like an open field for for um well for stupid shit for whatever the fuck you want to write. I feel like this guy is so obsessed with keeping the people engaged on Twitter that he's 
talking about Elon here, yeah. that he's also an outrage machine. Yeah, I, I don't I, believe that he believes half the things that he believes. I, I do believe that he knows that those things will get traction. Does that make sense? Yes, I fully, fully agree. I think, um, I think Elon Musk at the moment is essentially he wants Twitter to be a bug light for conservatives and right wing people because the thing about people on the right is that they're actually really um they're loyal with their with who gets their business as long as they are like ideologically aligned with them and i've noticed this yes like some fucking like you can be literally like what's a name of business miguel and you, you have like a fucking uh, a crisp a, brew dog a, brew dog okay like so you so let's say a brewing company comes out and their whole thing they've got a they've got a fucking their new ipa is called double think right and their advert is mm -hmm. are you sick of liberal breweries <laughs> like all you have to do yeah, is say yeah, that yeah, 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 and yeah. all the conservatives will be like oh fuck this is literally the best fucking beer i've ever had in my entire life and it'll taste like piss but they'll be they'll fucking love it man because it'll have like fucking yeah stars and stripes on the logo fucking uh oh this new uh fucking made fuck in you America, liberals ipa in yeah country. like yeah. they fucking love this they fucking eat it up and i think elon is doing that i i read um i read a thing about a year ago i think it was over a year ago talking about tesla's uh business strategy and how most of the people who own Teslas are actually liberals. They vote yeah. uh, Democrat, they're left-leaning, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so Elon has like... Because a, of the whole green aspect of things. Exactly, of exactly. the whole energy and... and yeah, it's, yeah, it's more associated um, with people who are trying to be a little bit more left-leaning, a little bit more perhaps conscious of their carbon footprint. Yes. Elon also has a weird... Um, I call him Elon. I'm on first name terms with him because I know him personally, so I'm allowed I'll to call, call him Musky Boy. <laughs> musky Boy, <laughs> the big Musk. <laughs> but yeah, he, I, I think he actually has some sort of business incentive to get right wing people to buy cars. Um, I think it's going to be very hard for him buy to his push cars. You mean? Yeah, to but yeah, sorry, to buy, cars. yeah, buy yeah, to, cars. to buy Tesla. Yeah. Um. It's it's right. going to be really hard for him to push the like uh what the the like docking station or the charging stations like into the rural areas where most conservatives are. But I think that that is his yeah. goal. I think I I genuinely do. Oh man, I have such a weird opinion of Elon Musk. Right, like I don't like the guy, but most of the attacks against him are so fucking annoyingly stupid that I always have to defend him. And so people think I love him and that I'm a fanboy of his, but I'm <laughs> legit. Like, look at his fucking tweets. The dude is fucking cringe. You didn't have AF. to get a tattoo of his, did you? <laughs> I have the Tesla logo on my forehead <laughs> and it's backwards. So I can see it when I look in the mirror. Fucking love Tesla. Um, first... You didn't have to do that. So, you know, I... it is what it is. I was yes. about to make a really R-rated joke. And I remember that sometimes my mother listens to this podcast, so I'm not going to. But anyway, um, the, uh, what you call it? What was I saying there? So, I, like, I, so oh, some, yeah. some, some things about Elon Musk, meeting. right? I, I don't think that Elon Musk is like, like, like the most bad faith argument against him is, uh, Oh yeah, well he he's like a white guy who succeeded in in apartheid South Africa from a diamond mine, blah blah blah, whatever. And like, 
they they have tried running hit pieces on him. Like they've tried interviewing people that he went to school with. Like by all accounts, this dude was against apartheid and had like more black friends than like any other white kid in South Africa around the time. So like that's a nonsense argument. You have to stop saying that he's a racist because you don't like him. Okay, you have to not like him on the terms that he is not likable, rather than just making shit up because it suits your stupid fucking narrative. Like it's so fucking lazy yes. and it really fucking annoys me. Because if you if you turn that arguably i mean I, I don't know anything about the guy as far as his his life i know more about his businesses and his um yeah yeah business mind and his comments about the business stuff which which is which we you know kind of loops over now because now it's both business and twitter and owning twitter mm-hmm. and outrage machine but yeah you're right because if you start painting people too many people with the same brush of being a racist or misogynist you end up um and this isn't. This, I know a lot of people have said this, and I and I'm trying not to sound like I'm parroting other people's points, but you can then drop that label on anybody because they disagree with you on something else, and you shouldn't do that either. And you're right. There's much like Trump or or Farage, or and he's not the same as them by any means. No, no. Although he is, he is getting there. Yeah. And we'll, yeah, when we get down. When he come, when he's doing the podcast on Alex Jones, talked about how much he likes Nazis, then we can talk about that too. Yeah. But um, for generally speaking, like yeah, you don't want to drop the the, the racist uh, brush because it will then get you be used as a baseball bat to beat everybody over the head with. Because every human being, as much as you want to be a totally amoral and not amoral and you don't have any morals but isn't like you want to be respectful of everybody mm-hmm. your surroundings and your attitude towards certain things are always going to be different than the person next to you because i haven't lived your experiences that's why it's about sharing that's why it's about communicating because then you get to hear other people's perspectives but no like as far as all the things you can label with this guy i don't think the racist or or even misogyny wise i hear that um, a lot of women are suing uh from twitter suing him because he did get rid of a lot more women in in proportionate to men uh, you could always make the argument that he got rid of people they were didn't go- really think about it, what their gender was you know what i mean this but, these layoffs were announced yeah. before elon took over the fucking company they were leaving mm-hmm. anyway you can't lay people off when you're pending a takeover because that would be seen as cooking the books or it would be like you have to the 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 books that you present when someone reaches a certain threshold for a takeover and it becomes an offer that legally they have to accept which is the way that elon went about this twitter takeover the shareholders actually pushed way too much didn't he he offered offered them way too much as much yeah he put them into a position where they had to accept it because of uh because of pressure from the shareholders right that's the way that it worked the layoffs were announced in January of this year, the start of the fiscal year. I, actually, sorry, I don't know if it's the start of the fiscal year for a company like Twitter. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, April, so 2022. So you got yeah, to yeah. the second quarter, isn't it? The only reason they weren't laid quarter. off before was because of the takeover. They were laid off as mm-hmm. soon as he took over because that's the only way that the fucking business could continue. Like Facebook laid off 11,000 people as well. This isn't like a grand conspiracy. This is like, I, I swear to God, people on the left 
have a really bad they, yeah they have such a bad understanding of like markets and how capital markets work and how markets respond mm -hmm. to like factors within the markets and like the reality is we're entering a huge economic downturn at the moment more than likely a lot of companies are going to have layoffs they're not having layoffs because elon musk has come in and he's like i am a billionaire slumlord and i want nobody to work and i want everything like it, it's just not the way yeah. the fucking world works and when you when you say shit like that and make that your narrative the only thing that you're signaling to the world is that like you don't know how like big companies operate you don't know how like employment or, like it's just it's a fucking null argument you have to stop yes. with that shit like and, if you and like, i'm not saying um i'm not saying that's the right thing to do i'm not saying that firing people is enjoyable but i'm saying that like yeah that happens for every business everywhere ever yeah like it's a multinational CEO company might be, like yes exactly the biggest companies in the world might not be on because your ceo might not be on twitter and you might not do things so publicly and you might not be so open they they all play the same game they all use the same strategies they all cut corners to get you know they'll make a company look profitable or they'll you know get rid of people to, to make sure the bottom line doesn't dip too much that's business unfortunately that is societal business but it's not even it's not even the case with twitter because twitter has i think twitter has only ever turned a profit in like three quarters uh, like ever out of so it's been going since like 2006 2007 the first time it ever mm. turned a profit was q1 2021 um they're not like that kind of company and also if you look at the severance packages that people got when they left twitter they're actually really fucking fair like they're they're it's 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 like i'm not saying there's a good way to be fired a good way to be made redundant or whatever but like but you could I see what you mean it's the kind yeah. of thing that you would take or i would take if we happen to be in a position to be released and uh, let go and somebody said here six months exactly yeah or like, whatever uh, i'd be like yeah, i'll take it it sucks uh, to be fired but that is a huge benefit too right, right? now in saying all of this i want to be clear elon musk is a cunt okay like i, I just i but hate like all cunts when they're all that rich when somebody's that rich when somebody's acquired that much wealth i don't care if their intentions are the nicest the purest they have had to have to play the game which means i'm gonna stab people or do little clues in your company um, I you don't just arrive here by nast. Everyone who gets in a position of power usually has had to step over somebody else. I want to push back and on this slightly. Mean it or not? I, I don't. Okay. I don't love this idea because I think it's. I think this idea is making the world a worse place. I like if I were a multi multi billionaire, right? It would be like I know the type of person. I give a lot of money to charity. Um, and like, I, you know, I'll, I'll watch like a movie where a certain thing happens and it moves me so much that I will find charities that deal with that particular thing and I'll fucking just give them away. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I do shit yeah. like that all the time. Okay. Now, if I was a billionaire, I would do that on such a mass scale that like, I would believe I was like being like nice with my money, generous, whatever. Um, like Jeff Bezos gave $10 billion to climate change, uh, found, uh, foundations that, that fight climate change. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Elon Musk has done so many like random charitable things for which he could have nothing to possibly gain. Like, and I'm not talking about like, um, like Donald Trump has done some charitable things only when there's a, a publicity spotlight on him for it. It, it benefits, like, I think Trump is like an actual yeah. narcissist. I think Elon is kind of a little bit um, narcissistic, but, um, he, Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon put it best. Um, yes, I'm bringing her out. But Stephanie McMahon put it best when she said that philanthropy is also a really good way of marketing your brand. 
and it is. Sure. So, yeah, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. We're talking about from the Trump perspective, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. I call my name on a charity. It's about me. It's not about what we're doing. It's it's gonna make me look good, right? So if you look at like, um, there is a movement. I I forget. It's called something. Uh, altru effective altruism is it? I think it's it's this movement where like billionaires and millionaires are uh, pooling money together into altruistic um, like ventures or whatever. Um, it's it, you can mm -hmm. fucking Google it. It's whatever. I'm not gonna. I, I don't know the. Is you feel guilty of having loads of money? And I then don't you know. Get stuff away. It stops that like, guilt. Is it possible that there's right? is it possible that like you can have a massive amount of money and not be a piece of shit at the same time? Like I really don't think it's that big of a if you ever watch Dragon's Den, whenever people are on there, the things that they want to invest in the most are things that are environmentally friendly, for example, or things that have like ethical ramifications. Mm. Like it's not like like having billions of dollars, <laughs> I'm really sorry for the people that need to hear this. It doesn't mean that you're an inherently bad person, okay? It probably means that you have stepped on some toes. It probably means that you've done like shady things to get ahead. I think that those things happen anyway. I don't think that they're good. I'm not going to defend them or whatever. But like a reality that you have yeah, to contend yeah. with is that billionaires actually give more money to charity. And the types of people who say shit like, oh yeah, but that's just 1%. That's like me giving 30 euro to charity. Like, okay, do you give 30 euro to charity? No. So shut that? the fuck <laughs> up. Like, I just, yeah. like, I don't know. You, you can Google stuff. Like, Elon Musk, the fucking, uh, the internet thing with Ukraine that he did, the, um, the, the uh, call that guy a pedophile. <laughs> okay, fuck you. Like, <laughs> no, but about? like, um, making, uh, get the laptop computers for kids in Flint, Michigan, like the, he, he's done, like, you can just oh, right. Google <laughs> Elon Musk. He's, he's, <laughs> saying, he's, he's done a lot of charitable things. Like, it, I don't know, like, if you want to say he's a bad guy, like, let's focus on things that he's actually done that make him bad. The pedophile thing is bad. His edgy tweets are super bad. The uh, relationship that he seems to have with his ex-wife, pretty yikes. Um, I would be willing to hear him out on that, but I doubt that he comes out well because he seems like well, not a very... Grimes? Uh, no, no, his... Um, the Grimes so stuff is... kids from a previous life. Yeah, yeah, I think he has three ex-wives. Um... Yeah. Or maybe four now. Uh, even well, so, know, his dad, his dad married a stepdaughter, so you know. Yeah, his dad, no, his dad also. Literally, yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. Uh... I mean, he's he's been very outspoken about his dad being a pos. So yeah, exactly. Not like he's not aware either. Like I just I feel like. I feel like we've gotten past a point in society where people can have shades of gray. Like again, I just want to be clear. I think the guy's a cunt. Okay, I just don't like. Um, I just don't like bad arguments against him. I, I think, um, you know, here's you a good example. You want him to come at him, right. You, you don't want people to come at him with, not you as in you're in charge of what your people come up with. I know what you're saying. But as in like, if you're going to go after these people, if you have a, a big a big L, a big, I, don't, I don't like this person for this reason. Don't just use, it's the same thing as the, as, as we were talking before about, um, well, actually, that was, a, that was an off-air conversation about people's racism. But what I mean is, is they're going for the long-hanging fruit as far as Elon goes, right? Yeah, and the problem with that is that when you actually argue someone who has the facts... You're going to look like a fool. And here, like, so he tweeted today this fucking nonsense. It was like, my pronouns are prosecute yes, slash Fauci. Okay. Now, this is the shittest tweet I've ever seen in my life. I think if you're in what your 50s tweeting shit, you, you are so fucking yeah. cringe. Now, it got, me, it got me to thinking of something, right? You know the way the right talk about Fauci? I know Dr. Fauci is this fucking, he's like the White House doctor guy or medical advisor or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Um, 
everyone on the right hates he's him. He's the top doctor. Yeah. Like, in, in terms of, of, of viruses and, and, and that aspect of medicine. Now, and, um, here's, here's the thing, he's, right? He's not an expert on every bit of medicine. He just so happened to be because there was a pandemic about his field that he was pre presumably promoted to a position where yeah. he's allowed to say what's right and wrong. Something now, like you'll notice everyone on the right hates this guy. And I've seen like so many different criticisms of him, all of which seem batshit insane. Now, here, here's here's the point. Well, I'm I heard he making. was he was. Uh, I heard he was at the Wuhan factory. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. That's now, bullshit. okay, there might be legitimate criticisms of Fauci, right? I don't know what they are, and the reason why I don't know what they are is because I am topped up with ludicrous conspiracy theories against him that are nonsense, right? So I'll never actually be educated on what's wrong because I'm never going to seek out the information. Because to be honest with you, I don't give a fuck. It's America. It's whatever. Um, Elon Musk has the same exactly. thing going on on the left, where the criticisms against him are so fucking batshit insane that people will never. People on the right that you want to win over, that you want to show them what a piece of shit Elon Musk is. You're not going to do it by saying apartheid kid, diamond mine. Like you have to make fucking real arguments or no one's going to listen to you. You have to stop with this fucking bullshit. Like he called a guy a pedo. Yeah, like sure. That makes him a scumbag. It doesn't make him like this shady fucking racist, like whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like just fuck off with this. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We can move on from yeah. this. This is the most boring shit ever. I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. I will, we'll maybe just put a bow on it now. Yeah, it's, it's whatever. I... He's making Twitter a worse personal. place, and I hate it. Yeah, this is my personal opinion. This isn't backed up by facts. This is subjective, not objective. But for me, I think that ever since he took over Twitter, I couldn't give a fuck about what he does at Tesla. I know his business practices are very shady. We can give you a list, as long as my arm, of other businessmen who are just as shady from your local fucking butcher, mm -hmm. wherever you live, all the way up to a leader or an owner of a big conglomerate of corporations such as Amazon or you name it. Um, I suppose the problem with, with him also for me comes from the fact that now everybody on who's usually on the right likes to talk about being anti-AI, that we don't want our movement controlled, we don't want our um, internet, you know, you, we want things to be free and you want less government uh, interference. and. And, and and you're stuck in the dick of a guy who's like, no, I want AI and humans. I want to go to Mars and, and, and do all these other things that will very much put you under his control and his domain. Because yeah. obviously he's the only person who's putting these ideas out there at the moment or who can afford it. So my negative stance against the guy is very much based on my... It's nothing you said earlier. It's very much based on my core beliefs that I just think that everything that he stands for mostly is what I'm against as a person. What he tweets is embarrassing and cringe. Okay, fine. That's your that's your decision. You do what you want. His tweets are um, awful, dude. Like It's the... Um, and I will have to say, it's probably because I'm pretty sure to some degree the guy's on the spectrum. He so is. Maybe he what, literally is. What he the has autism. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's on the written words might always be cringe because of the way he puts it across, but he's essentially a 4chan poster, so that's the kind of shit that engages or a chan kind of shit that engages those those groups and gives them you know hey look elon's on our side so we can't be yeah. all because look this really rich guy's on our side no problem with that but to me is everything that i see about him everything i see everything the way he reacts to things the way he interacts with human beings 
And again, I don't know the guy behind closed doors, so this is obviously all external judgment. I just think that he has a ego problem and he has a insecurity problem. Yes, so he steals agree. memes and he steals um, people's um, original creations and he posts them. And I remember the guy from the motherboard doing a really good back and forth with him about how he stole a, a meme and he didn't give him credit. And then Elon came back and was like, oh, your meme's not as good as you think it is. This is six out of 10. And you're like, that's what I'd say when I was 15 online when i stole and, a photo and, and you said, fucking stole it so like who cares yeah, if it's a six, it. Ugh, yeah yeah it's like if you robbed the local shop and you were like oh you you stole all these uh beers or you stole all this candy oh yeah but the candy's fucking shit yeah your sweets are shit well you still stole them it doesn't matter about the content so you know it's it's that sort of stuff that i'm you know and it's very tiny i know this isn't business i know this is the one that makes some money but for me, that's usually the stuff that I, I stand against them for because I just think that you can do what you want as a businessman. Those are your choices. But if I'm seeing what you're writing and I'm saying you're a fucking idiot, then that's not necessarily um, I, I think... my own conclusion. It's not based on him being a racist or not a racist. I'm like, no, no, dude. no. no. I've, read two I've read two books about the guy because years ago I was told by people that I knew that he was like this really like – Oh, you know, when he gets a hold of an idea, he really likes to seek it out and go through it. And I was like, well, I'll take what you said, but let me actually look up this motherfucker. And yeah, most of the things he's done, it's, it's push people out, make sure he's center of attention, make sure that he's the, seen as the head honcho when he might not be in the past. This is all built up for him now taking over Twitter. And it's the exact same things he did before. So it's not out of characters and the stuff that he's posting at all. He was posting this before. I just think for that, for the discourse, he is far more toxic. He's far more harm by tweeting what he tweets than he is good. He's the walking embodiment of bad vibes. And at the moment, like, yeah. you can't... I fucking hate this. Like, the term free speech has turned into a fucking dog whistle. Like, he's there going on about fucking free speech and like, yeah, we need to have, like, standards and the, the truth has to prevail, blah, blah, blah. And he's fucking tweeting these conspiracy theories about fucking Nancy Pelosi's brother and whatever. It's like, dude, like... Oh, why Trump fucking, got taken from Twitter. Ah, uh, like, fuck. Well, uh, yeah, and the Twitter files, the biggest fucking... president's uh, It's it, such a fucking nothing burger. Like, it is mm. the most... Fuck... Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even... No one cares about this shit. This is boring as fuck. No, this is just... Uh, this is our little text. But right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so fuck Elon Musk park, and fuck off. We'll park and just... Elon there. Yeah. Yeah, park um, there what is, What have Tesla. you made from... Um... <laughs> fuck his cars. And fuck his fucking... Yeah. Honestly, like, I... He, he's poisoning... He's, he's, he's poisoning so the cool. whole... <laughs> he's a why he, why did he get new hair? <laughs> uh, he, he's just he he is just irreparably with the hair you've got, mate. So I'm saying I don't he's... even I don't trust you because your hair's not your from your own head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this might be the IPA talking, but yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah, can I... you not just accept you're losing your hair, bro? Do you have to get fake hair? Do you have to get plastic hair? I'm going to have to stop you because you know full well that in like 10 years, I'm going to be on the first fucking flight over to Turkey when, when, the, when my me, hair starts to... Me, me, you, and Rooney, yeah? We need to go get our plugs. <laughs> and Al Pacino, he obviously has plugs too. There's, There's no, no way. But 
Elon Musk is a lot of things, and he's a scumbag for a lot of reasons. But having a hair transplant isn't one of them. Okay, if anything, that just makes him more endearing to me. So uh, I'm gonna. That's a point for Elon. That's that's a point on the board for him. <laughs> if, if you want to get with me, mate. If you want to be my lover, you have to get a shaved head. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> All right, Show noted. me your hairline <laughs> now. Um, yeah, so should we? Um, okay, we'll because Elon could be its own episode. Um, yeah, all fuck all yeah. in all, do you think that this is going into next year? But do you think that he will make the space that Twitter exists in on the internet a better space, or do you think it can only get worse? As in, like more toxic um, freedom of speech, quote-unquote, more outrage takes because he needs a website to be constantly plugged into the Matrix? Or do you think that he will kind of have a moment where he goes, hang on a minute, I am platforming quite a lot of horrible people? I feel like he will slowly learn why the moderation policy on Twitter was as rigid... Nah, rigid is the wrong word. As um, bespoke as it was. Right. Um, he's... Yeah. He seems to be running it like a startup company at the moment, like a lot of user feedback and stuff like that. I think that that's a fucking idiotic idea. Like, I, I honestly, I've worked in startup companies before. I feel like the way Elon is running Twitter has cast serious doubts to me over how good of an actual manager he is. I, like, I genuinely believe right. he's a very good hirer of people. And I think he is really good at, like, if he has an idea, he's really good at providing the resources to get that idea over the line. Like, and, yeah. and, and look, and those things are key in management. Okay. So I'm not saying that he's a bad like manager or whatever, but the way that he's running Twitter at the moment seems really fucking ham fisted and stupid to me. I, I'm just a guy. I could be wrong. He's okay? running like a, like a forum like he did when it was, you know, the World Wide Web. And yeah, dude. Like, like fucking Web 1.0 on, um, shit going on. Yes, like fucking WWE yes. chat on Java at the moment is what we're yes, fucking looking at. Yes. Like, in which, you know, you go on that website, it has its own rules, the swearing, the moderation, but then you maybe go over to an earlier version of 4chan or whatever you speak called. And then on that forum, you can, you know, drop an N-bomb. And yeah, maybe yeah. say some anti-Semitic jokes, or some people would lean too much into it. And and, and guess and guess what? They don't exist anymore because <laughs> people like me yeah, were on them back in, in two thousand and six. And yeah, and we know. all left because you grow up and you realize that you know maybe it isn't healthy to just engage with people that think the exact same thing to some yeah. degree. For me, he's running it like that, and that to me is like I remember back way back in the day, you find yourself on some Angel Fire website, being like, "This is a Jeff Hardy website." And in this website, because I own it, you know, everything I say about Jeff Hardy is, is gospel and true. And, you know, if Jeff Hardy, if I say Jeff Hardy likes hits black people, but you have to go along with it because on this website, that's the rule. Yeah. Okay, fine. Just go on that website. But he's talking about social media, a platform, which is essentially a way for a lot of people to communicate. And a lot of people wouldn't be able to say things like, you know, like uh, outing rapists and things like that. They wouldn't be able to. And it feels like that space is now being removed. Yeah. Or it's being a little bit, you know, taken a little bit tighter, despite the fact that it's all about free speech. It's mostly free speech towards saying things that are of a controversial hot take measure. So I don't know. I, I just feel like for me, the question I put to you, if I put that to me, I think that it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. I think or Twitter he, just won't exist. I think he Simple might make that. a bit of money out of it. Like, I think from a 
if you look at it on a pure business macro level, it might end up being a successful venture. Uh, for me, in terms of what it symbolizes for a society or whatever, I think mm. I, I don't agree with the notion that Twitter is the public square. I think that that's cringe. But uh, I think that by the time, if, if Elon um, executes every order that he has in his head right now, I think we won't be able to argue over whether or not it's the public square. I think we're going to be definitively saying that it's the public sewer. It seems like he just yeah. wants it to be a place. Like, if you describe yourself as a free speech absolutist where you believe there should be no limits on speech whatsoever, I'm really sorry, but you're just a fucking <laughs> moron. Like, it's just the stupidest fucking position you can have. It just shows that you haven't spent any time in your life actually thinking about what that even means. And that seems to be what he wants. So, I don't know. Fuck him. It seems really fucking Sorry, my dumb. faith just came up on me. Sorry, I did hear what you was saying. Yeah, that's why I was coughing. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, you, that makes perfect. It, public sewer is a very good way of describing it because it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, you do have the main rooms where everyone's talking and you go, oh, don't say that. That's a bit offensive. And then you got the bit under it, which he goes, come in this room, say whatever you want. You know, is yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. He, I, it's... I, I thought he... Sorry, no, I was going to say, I thought he actually bought it because of the data aspects, as in, like, you can steal quite a lot of valuable data, and you can funnel that into advertising, which is how you make money on the apps. But then the advertisers are kind of leaving because of what he's saying, and he's flipping back on them. And that's not usually a good road because the ad man usually wins because he'll just take his money somewhere else. Um, I have a conspiracy theory. Um. I genuinely believe that Tesla has been overvalued in the stock market for many, many years now. Um, and I think its value started to slip a little bit as we head into recession. And I think Elon bought Twitter. I think um, whatever he used as his collateral in the deal, I don't know what it is. I don't think he paid for it in liquid cash because um, no. that would be ludicrous. I, but I think he's using Tesla as some sort of uh, collateral. And I think he bought Twitter to prop up Tesla uh, to keep its mm. inflated price. And I also think that he's running Twitter like uh, the kind of Trump figure be so that he can signal to the right-wingers to buy his cars. That's genuinely what I think. It's a conspiracy yeah. theory. It's like a means to an end, isn't it? It's yeah, like a means yeah. to get his... SpaceX and Tesla to remain far more sustainable yeah. through the face of Facebook, Twitter. Twitter, and I truly believe that. Like, I don't have any, I could never prove it. It's just a belief. But if you mm. disagree with me and, and like, want to, want to, like, inform me about it or have a discussion about it, like, fucking my DMs are always open. The comment section is there. Like, fucking firehead. I, like, I don't care. I'm totally open to <laughs> talk about shit like that. So, yeah. Yes. Um, don't message me, though, because I'm not. But yeah, he is. <laughs> Miguel, Miguel is going to reply saying, what, that racist diamond mine boy? Get the fuck uh, out of yeah. here. Musk boy with his musk smell and his musky fucking emeralds. Is that, yeah. is that it? Is that it, bro? Um, yeah, no. So we'll see what that dumpster fire, whether it is a uh, big yeah. dumpster fire or just a reasonably sized one. Um. Uh, so I want to talk about something else that happened in 2022, which was the ever-growing uh, sort of musical chairs with the premiership in this country, alongside the death of our beloved, brackets, not so beloved, Queen. Uh, want to get into that now? Uh, sure. I don't have a whole lot to say on the subject because I'm not a sycophant who lives under a monarchy, but um, I don't... 
I think it's I think celebrating the death of the queen is kind of weird. And I say that as someone who's been a guy who's walked around all my life saying fuck the queen at any given opportunity to any Englishman that I would speak to. Um, but I think, I like, yes, Miguel has been there. But I, I just I've witnessed it. I think celebrating the death of anyone is kind of fucked up. And I also think that the queen is purely like a symbol and a very placid one at that. And I think of of the great atrocities that people are reaching to try and accuse her of being responsible for. Uh, I don't know, dude. It's a classic dude. thing. Either she's a sweet old lady who essentially is just a face of yeah, the problematic Or she's a crime. warmonger. <laughs> or she is actually, yes, yeah, she's actually the devil herself and she has yeah. pretty um, fucked up views. Um, so um, the passing of the queen didn't particularly affect me because I feel like I arrived. It's like when you arrive at a TV show on season five. You know, yeah. everything's already kind of been set, so you're just working with what you've got. So, the Queen has never been particularly a figure of importance for me. Same. I don't, I didn't start um, understanding why so many people hated her in, in, in Scotland, <laughs> certainly in Ireland, um, and even other, obviously, all, all over the world because of the Empire. Um, up until probably around the time that I got talking to you. And I kind of decided to take it upon myself to learn a little bit more about Irish history and what it is that the Irish are so um, that set of being against particular values and, and ide ideologies that come from Britain. Yeah. Um, so I did. I did learn a lot, and I did understand that that she essentially picked picked and chose who got things and who didn't. But the the shocking thing, I suppose, about her passing was how little. How suppressed it felt like you could not be negative it felt like you could not criticize the machine at which she was a part of or the the face of that and i think that that was the weird thing about the country it felt really bizarre because i remember you know speaking to people and engaging with people and they'd be like oh she's just a sweet old lady and you're like no she's fucking not i mean no, she isn't. She might seem like that, and she is an old lady. There's a, I'm not saying she's an old lady, but <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit like how many, how many, how much people hate Margaret Thatcher and 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 sort of figures like that. It's not so much necessarily just them, but they are perpetuating this machine, which is literally built on if you come out of a certain vagina, you are more powerful than people who haven't come out of that vagina, and was so. As a society, you think we're so past that to when she passes away to be immediately dragged back in and see a 70 year old man who has never done anything for himself in his whole life be given this position of power and be thrust into this position of of essentially um, of leadership of ruling over um, um, us peasants here as a society that in itself is so fucked up. That it doesn't matter if it was Harry or Meghan in the in the crown. It wouldn't matter if it was the cool one that you like. It wouldn't matter if it was Prince Andrew. Because at its core, the royalist movement is a movement of elitism that straight away puts people in boxes. You're a royal. You're a queen. And by the way, it isn't just the main royals that you see every day. There's a whole legion of other royals that get incredible benefits and incredible lifestyles simply Dude. based on being... Like the third cousin I, from the queen, right? Dude, I I think um I genuinely 
like am an outsider to uk culture like i i know right like a lot of people in the uk think ireland uh and the uk basically the same thing it really like the cultural difference is so uh understated i think like we do like a lot of the same things but then there's this other like uh just there are just two separate worlds that we live in um but anyway so i work in uh in finance and i deal with hedge funds and different types of funds but hedge funds is the one that everyone knows so i'll just say that and i have uh onboarded uh clients on behalf of the the royals before um mm. and i i have been fucking shocked where like i'll i'll get an investment um offer for like a few million or whatever mm. And uh, it's from someone who has a name like Lord, and I can't uh, GDPR and stuff. I can't actually say, but like I'll get a Lord uh, Steve Austin. Yeah, Lord, yeah, Lord, Lord, Lord Steve Austin, right? And and I'll His fucking William Regal. I'll I'll Google the person, right? And I'll have never heard of this name in my entire fucking life, but I'll Google it, and they have like a Wikipedia page with like fucking fifty thousand words you know what i mean and like <laughs> photos of their fucking royal uh uh what's it called quarters like all this kind of shit and it's it's just wild um but i i want to i think that this will be fun um i think i have uh we've drank several beers as the podcast has gone on and i'm worried that i've been too negative uh about a year which i said was pretty good so i am actually gonna take on the role of uh defending the queen here for a second um Brilliant. and I'm, I'm gonna say right here is a super cool thing about uh queen elizabeth ii i will not say her majesty because i'm not a fucking weird cunt but um i ain't a peasant <laughs> she so princess diana back in the 90s um she was on like she was either on antidepressants or she was going to therapy or whatever i don't know but um ann robinson was like the i think i've told this story before on the podcast ann robinson ann robinson the weakest weakest link link, yeah now say what you like about ann robinson but she's a cunt (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I, i never liked her uh but so she she was the editor of one of the rags i'll say the daily mail if it isn't the daily mail don't fact check me just accept that i mean the daily mail as a metaphor for whatever other bullshit fucking red name newspaper rag okay um and they wrote a story about princess diana exposing her for having gone to therapy um as if this oh. was like a sign of weakness or whatever and the queen queen elizabeth ii who, who has very little uh say in the way that things run whatever but but ultimately has the power to do a lot of things uh that's the, right the queen made anne robinson resign from her position as editor of that paper so she used her influence to get she, to she used her influence to off. be like listen here you cunt and I think that that's fucking badass, and I think that that's awesome, and I think fair play. And, you know, philosophically, is there a way I could see someone using that power for bad? Yeah, but shut the fuck up. That's no fun to talk about, okay? I want to say one nice thing about an old lady who died. Yeah, even very documented, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Much out there. And so one other thing about her that's cool. Uh, she came to Ireland to visit in, like, I want to say maybe 2011. I'm not sure. Maybe 2010. I don't know. But uh, when she got here, she went to Glasnevin Cemetery. She dressed in green and she fucking spoke Irish. She also met with like Martin McGuinness and uh, a couple of other like, you know, very 
let's just say IRA heavy heads. So um, <laughs> I, I think I think um, I, I really do think that England still has a ways to go uh, when dealing with their past with Ireland. Like I, I have a lot of English friends and stuff and they really are oblivious to like a lot of they don't understand where our kind of hurt comes from and our sort of sense of like um i don't want to say like we all think that we're victims because irish the irish people in general have have a fairly positive outlook and a good psyche and and things like that but um it does really bother us when the english will make jokes about the famine uh, and and you know like not be educated about the the ways in which that event was used as an like all all of that kind of thing but i i think i think it's significant it might seem that we are are quite far removed but essentially we are talking of what would be as far as our generation, so nineties, that's that's your grandparents or that's your great grandparents. Great, that's, yeah, great, yeah, yeah. Nah. Like my, like, dude, like my fucking lineage. You would want to. I'm not going to get into it now, but there's some, there's some that's serious. You got to do the uh, Twenty Three and Me episode at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lineage, yeah, you know. But uh, no, there are some stories about like um, revolutionaries and stuff like that. But uh, but anyway, mm. um, like people don't understand like the the english government only apologized for their actions during the famine in the fucking early 90 like in my life i was alive when the english government apologized for the for the famine yeah. that's fucking for, wild. The, for their actions yeah. anyway all all of that aside yeah. um fair play to the queen for well, doing that that was good rest in peace i'm not going to say anything bad about fucking old dead lady I that's think, weird i think it's it's safe to say she's probably the least on face value here um, yes, the least harmful, the least like sinister. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously the Prince Andrew stuff leaves nobody on a good page. But Very then on the flip true. Side is, you cannot. It's not down to her to control where her son. Is there a son? Is it her? I, I don't whatever know, dude. It is. Uh, but also, it's like, just, how much? How much agency are you going to ascribe to a ninety-something-year-old woman exactly. who has like not even had to fucking like when she drinks a pint of Guinness, she doesn't even wipe the head off her top lip, like for like, do you know what I mean? Like, this is someone who, yeah, it's just so I don't know. It's whatever. I don't know. I, I, and of course, if you are in those places, there are archaic views. If you're Megan, if you're Harry, you are going to be seeing things in a completely different context because they've lived. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, don't get me your wrong. Your point of view is also um, worth worth mentioning, and and um, I don't even know what it whole... is. <laughs> I can't even imagine what oh, it would I, be like to I, have read up on that. I think I... for them, it was just it was just hearing nasty comments or you know things that seemed so out of place that you're going fuck this, and they just left. And Piers Morgan seems to care about it, but most of us don't give a shit. Um, so yeah, like I think that. Um, a monarch dying is going to be a massive deal. I think where I'm coming from is so much the fact that you couldn't criticize the things that the, that her institution stood for mm-hmm. and what she did to Ireland and India and you know parts of that side of the world where they inexplicably inexplicably start speaking English and you're like, why do you speak English? Oh, because in the you know in the Caribbean in the 50s and 60s or 40s you know there's all issues. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's more, more more so much what she stood alongside of as opposed to what her actions as an individual um stand for and just alongside that the fact that we've had now had um boris johnson liz truss and rishi sunak as prime ministers and and, and you could have theresa may and then david cameron since 2016 
is a pretty bad sign for this country. I think that, oh, this is negative, sorry. I think that... Um, Dude, I think it's great. <laughs> Let England shake. The the summer and dawn I'm joking, by the way. Autumn. I hope it fucking. <laughs> My English listeners, I, I I was joking. That was, that was a football reference. Okay, um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like you know, it was it was um, it was quite an embarrassment as 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 obviously seeing what played out playing out. But then on the flip side, it doesn't affect me personally because I don't give a shit about um which next faceless fucking drone is going to be in power because the ones I want to be in power are going to be. That's a whole different story. But um, the fact that we had three prime ministers in such a short uh, a period of time really, really puts the nails in the coffin that Brexit was a good thing because I think it always comes back to Brexit. It always comes back to trying to appeal to the um, sort of darkest sections of society, which is, you know, divide and conquer. It's the foreigners. It's people coming over here. But I think that the way that things have gone, have, have gone, um, you know, the way we've gone through the motions about people resigning, people coming back in, it is frightening how many people still defend the Conservative Party because you know if it was anybody else. And the fact they've been in power for 12 years really speaks to um, just how insidiously bad these people are at their jobs. And really it's because they all have they always have to perpetuate the lie that Brexit is a good thing, that isolationism works. And we have only just started seeing the repercussions of it. And I think, much like Twitter, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Not on a personal basis, yep. not on, on your life. Your life will be the same. You know, you'll still have, you probably have less money because of the bills, but that's, that's kind of a, a, a worldwide issue. But, um, I just think that Boris Johnson was unfit and corrupt to be in, in the seating position. I know it probably doesn't give you a lot of space to disagree unless you want to play devil's advocate. Let me, let me do a, <laughs> let me, let me do a really brief, because I have, I have had criticisms that my podcast is like an echo chamber or whatever. Um, so I'll take the, I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit for that. I'll shoot myself in the head. Um, Good man. Honest, <laughs> honestly, it seems to me, uh, Brexit was an it absolutely seems to me. <laughs> that all you see. <laughs> <laughs> what inside uh, of me? If yes. if uh, I I genuinely believe that the Labour Party would have won the general election had Corbyn had just taken a fucking stance on brexit like i i think um if you were to i i don't really know like jeremy corbyn i don't know uk politics i don't fuck with it i don't care about it the only reason why i'm so vocally against brexit is because the way that it affects the country that i live in and i find it to be like the most fucking heinous act and the, and the like essentially some kind it's of the biggest this... act of self-harm you could ever do it's not because even that example... it's it, it's the way that it affects ireland and the way that no one in the union gives a fuck about it and i find it so fucking care. like i actually i find it disgusting that these people will do everything to fucking cling on to the six counties in the north of my country but not give a fuck when they do things to jeopardize the safety of those counties like they just don't fucking care it's just politics to yeah. them the the million plus people that live up there stuff 
Yeah, it means fucking nothing. It doesn't matter. To them. They stand for fucking they nothing. Were, it's just they were having facts pointed out about Ireland and about the 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 Good Friday Agreement and about the um the, the fucking protocols. Dominic Rab, the them. fucking Foreign yes. Secretary of the fucking United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, hadn't even read the fucking Good Friday Agreement. Right? I was nine years old when that shit got fucking ratified, and I had to read it for homework. Like. I've fucking yeah. read the Good Friday Agreement. Like this, it's fuck. It is unforgivable and it is inexcusable. And I just cannot believe the fucking arrogance of cunts like him and Johnson and everyone in that. Anyway, sorry. So let's go back. Let's rewind. That's, that's, that, exactly that's me. It. You're probably wondering how I got here. So um, <laughs> I hate England. That's how I got here. But Carbon. No, no, if, no, no, if, no. I. I but but if Corbyn just took a position, but Corbyn every single fucking time he was asked about the EU, like he just didn't have the fucking balls to be like, oh well, I don't personally think that the EU is great, but blah 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 blah, blah and say yes. all of the things to get people to vote, but he wouldn't fucking do it, and I think that that's so fucking weasley and squirmy. I and think fucking... that he got advised. I think he got advised not to say anything that's going to be too reactionary because you're, you're afraid of losing what would arguably be those 52% of voters. Who voted but instead, Brexit, right? he went out with a whimper and lost to a yes. fucking party that made Boris Johnson its fucking head. And I just think that that is exactly. also unforgivable. And like, again, right, to all the, I know that I have a lot of people who really fuck with Corbyn, right? I don't know the guy. I don't know his, his policies about anything. I know where he is principally. I know his like ideological positions. I'm kind he of. He seems to be a decent man. I think it's. Sure. Safe to say that in a in a politics in a politics world where everybody's up for the highest bidder, it feels like that was the one guy who you're like, well, he probably wouldn't do arms deals with Saudi Arabia. He probably wouldn't, um, you know, um, try and and and, 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 and you know nuclear, nuclearly destroy another country because they asked them, oh, would you, you know, if somebody dropped an atomic bomb on us, would you drop it on somebody else? And he's sort of like, well. He wouldn't you know appear what? on stage with Hamas. Whoops. Yeah, <laughs> Never and, mind. and and you go and you <laughs> and you go. Well, by the time we get to the um the bit where somebody drops a nuclear bomb, so many things would have had to go wrong, and so many um channels of dialect have gone wrong that by the time you get to a nuclear bomb going off, then all bets are off. And I was like, that's what he's trying to say. But it came across like he was going, if somebody bombed us with a nuclear bomb, your Russia's. And your Iran's or whatever the fuck is WMDs these days, that he wouldn't do anything about it. And that really got misconstrued because I think he was sort of going, if you if you deal with everybody diplomatically, then usually it doesn't come down to war. It only comes mm -hmm. down to war when all other channels have been um by the way, I'm not talking about you know, current conflicts. I'm not saying that that's every conflict is because mm -hmm. other people didn't dialogue. But what I mean is in the Western world that by the time you get to a conflict that usually all diplomatic ties and means have been um, exhausted. But um, you're right. He should. He handed the crown over to like the worst people. And I think that yep, literally did. as yep. a nation, we also place too much trust in our politicians. I think Adam Curtis makes a very good point in his, um, in his documentaries. If, you, if people are listening who don't know who Adam Curtis is, by all means, have a look at hypernormalization to kind of give you a good glimpse of what the man's all about. But he made the point to say that um, that in, in the Western world, politicians are mere reactionary puppet masters. So they give you something to be frustrated at because things are bad. You blame Boris Johnson. But in reality, Boris Johnson doesn't have any real power because all the power is actually in the city of London for the banks, for the big corporations. And they advise what these politicians should do and that's exactly what happened with Liz Truss. She met with American 
hedge fund managers who said that the way to uplift the market was to be what she did, which to increase borrowing and um, subsidize government debt by getting corporations to buy that debt. But what that means is those corporations then have a hand in the pocket of the government, which then means that any decisions that the politicians make are going to be in the interests of the few, not the many. But having said all of that, I feel like I'm not that intelligent and I understand these things and I search for these things and it doesn't take that long to get an answer as to why things aren't getting any better. But it's really frightening how like most of society think it's a popularity contest. You know what mm. I mean? You know? I oh, think, what about your um, We shit, but at least Liz Trust at least stands for Brexit. And you're like, that's... You don't want to know who's behind her, who advises her, who got her to be in that position? No? Okay. And the weird thing is, she's local to me. She's the MP for Norwich North. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever to me that you live in Norwich. And I don't know why. It's just so fucking <laughs> random. Like, it just makes no fucking sense. Like, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, in a way, we had like a, like, you know, one of our own up in, uh, up in the White House. Um, and number yeah. 10. Number 10, White <laughs> House Street. Yeah, yeah, up in, yeah, up in 10 Willie Street. And, um, yeah, no, I just think that she was an empty vessel who stood for nothing and meant even less. So I'm glad to see the back of her. But then you get, you know, it's, it's just another person on that machine. So Rishi Sunak is richer than Prince Charles. He's... He's part American. Um, he he's his entire life has been funded and, and fed by hedge fund managers, which means he has nothing in common with a common person. So it kind of puts a bleak light. I'm really trying to be positive, but I think the only way things are going to change my is when wages the are funded happens. by hedge managers. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> yeah, but you're not a politician. Well. So Spend, well, I am. Well, when you spend your money and when you make decisions, you're not thinking this is this would please the hedge fund managers at work. Yes, you are supposed to be doing a task, and that's the job. But when you buy your beer or your shoes or a game, you don't go. This is for the, my corporate masters because without them, I wouldn't be where I am. Right? No. So well, yeah. well, you know, you know. This man plays AOE for the uh, the big porpoise. Oh, I wish. Hey, if any, big, went to the tournaments. if any corporations want to sponsor me, I'm fucking really good. I'm like the fourth best AOE 2 player in Ireland. All right? Fucking exactly. hook me up. My DMs with, are open. With the corporation's money, we can kill the other three. So, I, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would just like to say, for the record, I am for sale. And my price is not that high. So if anyone out there... Anyway, I don't know why I said that. Yeah, there you go. He, All right. he, 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 he's available for purchase. I, however, I cost a lot of money to get me <laughs> on your side. So I will not be promoting any NFTs anytime soon. Um, so uh, what, what else should we talk about 2022? Hey, tell you what, let's, let's take a little, um, let's talk about uh, maybe things that you've enjoyed, not necessarily that came out this year, music-wise or games-wise or pornography-wise or yeah, the TV I got, show. Let's, um, uh, I just uh, will... What's video of 2022? <laughs> I don't think I want to say, because I would get myself <laughs> in all sorts of... Anyway, uh, I'll Vince just say, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
for the listeners, we actually had a list of like 12 things we were going to talk about. And I'm sorry, we're not going to get there. Okay. This, this podcast nope. is going to, this, yeah. Um, we, we may be back. <laughs> there was a lot of, we, we wanted to talk about uh, Kanye, a little bit about Andrew Tate. We wanted to talk about the war in Ukraine. We wanted to talk about like many other things. Uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon uh, leaving WWE. But uh, we've spent a lot of time. Uh, drinking beer and talking shit. So those topics are not going to be back-ended in this episode. Um, they just wouldn't be covered as, as thoughtfully as, you know, exactly. <laughs> the previous one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We, we had to give it our all, you oh, know. Yeah. We're mentally spent from... <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna just quickly run through some um some bookends in pop culture that i that i really dug this year. Um so again there's uh, there's not much like specifically from 2022, okay? But I do want to say, um, album of the year for me is an album called Skinty Fia by a band called Fontaines DC. I've raved about them on my podcast many times. They're like an Irish post punk act. They have done three albums in four years. Is their name um, is their name Irish for something? Does that no. Mean something? So the you know the Godfather. Um, uh, is Johnny Fontaine? That's the singer's name in The Godfather, the guy who's based on Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's what they're based on. Um, but there was a band called The Fontaines, so they changed their name to Fontaines DC, which just means The the Fontaines of Dublin City. Um, they're... Oh, not the District of Columbia. No, no, nothing to do with Columbia or, or the comics. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> they're like they're an Irish, uh, they're an Irish band, like true and true. Their singer like kind of talks, sings in a Dublin accent. Their first album is all about Dublin. Their third album is all about being Irish living in England. Um, their second album is kind of about a lot of things. You know, you would actually really dig their sound, but I know that it's really hard to like. I, I think that I recommend you different music all the fucking time and you must be exhausted by me being like, check out this and then check out this and then this and this. So uh, we'll, we'll get there. I get to it. You know me. I usually get to it. It usually takes about three years to get to it. Well, you got the Deftones a lot quicker than I thought, to be fair. That was, that was good. Yes. That was good. But um, no, actually, you know what? I, I will drop that as a highlight of 2021 being rediscovering deftones because obviously i knew deftones uh, oh yeah we're new metal kids yeah Yeah, if if you're a part of a certain genre and movement then you're going to know about like about 10 bands but you did kind of drop in their current stuff as if to say hey they're not just yesterday's uh band and i have to say most of their stuff if not all of their recent stuff is really good yeah really good awesome really really good that's 2021 yeah 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 but uh yeah if anyone hasn't checked out fontaines or bought into the hype i would say check skinty fear it's a fantastic album true and true i went to see them live in the ivy gardens in dublin it was one of the best gigs that i've ever been to so shout out to them um also want to say and this is another album that you really fuck with uh don fm by the weekend i fucking really really loved this album it's got like it's it's got a strong retro wave tinge to every... Oh, dude, let me tell you the story of the album, actually, because I know that you're going to fucking love this. Sure. Um, so it's like moderately vaporwave slash retro wave. It's very like 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s kind of vibe. Uh, so the... With the washed out kind of the yes, grainy... Ethereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and so this album, it's called Dawn FM. And the concept of it is 
you are in traffic in a tunnel uh, in the 1980s and you're listening to a radio station that is being channeled from uh, purgatory between heaven and hell and the tunnel is kind of a symbol for purgatory and the, the, okay. the DJ is Jim Carrey. It's his voice. The one and only James Carey. James Carey. There's, there's, um, I need, I need to establish. Me and one of my friends, we have a long-running joke ever since James Rodriguez, infamously of uh, Colombia, yes, and at the time Real Madrid fame, specifically was going. It's not James, it's James. So I find it really difficult when I see Jim James to not go. Thomas. Dude, you have no idea, right? You you know the way I'm the greatest career mode uh, YouTuber of all time, the greatest FIFA career mode YouTuber of all time, uh, which I fucking so am. Yeah, no, I will literally yeah, fight yeah, anyone yeah. who thinks otherwise. But I used to have this uh, career mode where I was managing Monaco and I had Rodriguez in my team and I was calling him James Rodriguez and everyone in the comment section was like, his name is James. Why are you saying James? Nah. And then it turns out that it is James and the whole fucking world knows that I was right. Um, and that's just yeah. one of many areas where I was proven <laughs> right by time in my career mode series and got a lot of shit for things that two years after the fact turned out to be pretty true. So fucking eat my how, dick. How did you? How did you get? How did you get on? This is positive stuff here. How did you get on with uh, <laughs> my name then? Would people go? It's Miguel. It's Miguel. Why is saying name Miguel? I just reply and idiot. say I call him Manuel. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Tell you fucking. <laughs> I I got a photo of something. That I ordered a fucking Starbucks the other day. They typed Miguel. <laughs> That's not even a name. That doesn't even exist. If you put Mikael, I'd be annoyed. But you know, it is what it is. But yeah. Um. So anyways, yeah, so so Hamas Carey does the, uh, he's like the, uh, the, the MC. Man, I'm telling you, you gotta check out Don FM. You would fucking love it. It's actually so you. Like, it really, really is. It's it's the combination of, like, retro wave and hip-hop and, like, 80s and sort of Miami, like, LA sort of sound. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's so you. you. You'd really like it. So, um, that was a, that was I a huge... Write down, I did write down that name, so it's on the list. Nice, nice, nice. Check Oh, yeah. Can I say something else? 2022 was the year that I got involved in collecting vinyl, and I fucking hate my life. Worst fucking financial decision a cunt can make. So, uh, yeah, there I've got go. like five grand worth of vinyl in my room behind me. And uh, Don FM is one of the ones that I own. I own two copies of Skinty Fia, the other album I, I, I referenced. So, yeah, everything is good. Uh, I hate my life, and it's been a great year. Uh, so I think for like albums of twenty twenty two, who pays for music? Hang on, who pays? Who pays for that shit? Man, I gotta. You from gotta. A man. You gotta. I want to live in a world <laughs> where musicians get paid for their product. So the best way I can make that happen is by paying for the product. Am I right? By buying an obsolete bit of technology. Fuck yeah, you! I'll uh... fight you if I have to. <laughs> 25 years ago and going yeah mate i'll fly over there on a blimp and beat the shit out of you and i'll show you obsolete Um, technology (laughs) i'll dc you into hell but um yeah that's cool um (laughs) so condescending i I, you know the problem is i've you know i I, I don't know that's cool but here's something actually good 
here's, here's an idea. Have you tried not paying for it, not giving the artist <laughs> what they deserve for their hard work? I guess I could yeah, give it a go. You know, um, no, no, no. I, um, I, 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 although I will say, I, I constantly get buy Spotify subscription and immediately get rid of it as soon as I read the thing where it goes, this artist got paid point of a cent for their music and i'm like oh you know what i'll stick to youtube which they also don't get any money for <laughs> fuck that and i'll get it back because i'm like well these albums are really hard to listen to, to find and on torrents and, and youtube so i go back to, to spotify but um yeah um no that's fair enough at least at least you're into something you know musically so you can go hey i'm and also, it impresses people to go check out my mind collection. Dude, I, dude, I fucking, I wish that were true. I wish it impressed people. It doesn't. No one gives a fuck no? about your record collection. No, it's it's really Love a thing for like. And be like, hey, girls, hey, ladies, have you seen my iTunes? Dude, I feel Did like you know it's I'm a the Japanese release of the Arctic Monkeys album, which yeah. includes seven or eight songs. Never heard. No, okay, it's fine. It's 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 sim idiots. it's it's a symptom of a sick society when I'm like, oh yeah, show me your discogs page. It's just fucking. I don't know. <laughs> Get your discogs out for the lads. <laughs> um, oh god. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, that's cool. What else? What else has been been uh, going down your uh, your ear holes? Uh, <laughs> well, Miggy, it's interesting that you had <laughs> the the well, new. New Pusha T album was pretty good. New Beach House album was sick. Uh, the new Earl Sweatshirt album was called Sick. I guess it was fine. I'm not depressed enough to have to listen to him anymore. So <laughs> that wasn't sick. <laughs> Beyonce album was sick. Uh, the 1975 new album was good. Taylor Swift Midnight's huge shout out to that one. Also, People I want to talking to be talking to me about the 1975 a lot. Yeah, because this cuts interviews keep coming up on my timeline a yeah. lot. Um, I've never heard of the level. 1975. You I don't wanna... even know why. Why are you called that year? Mm, they used to be called something else. They used to be like a middle of the road emo band, and then they. The 1974 was it? No, yeah, I, mean... I think that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> don't know about that. It's the wrong year, dog. You got to be making 75. Um, yeah, but I hear they make quite good. Um, sort of dark pop. I think I'd call it. They're a band who are like they're so sincere that I find it really hard to hate them. Um, I think I thought you're gonna be like it's just so sincere. I find it hard to listen to them because it makes me uncomfortable. That's Honestly, though, feel. that is like a little piece of it. Like they are actually so sincere yeah, yeah, yeah. that sometimes it's a little bit sickly or something. Like, but I I respect. But stop them. making me feel sincere, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> They they got they they did an album called uh, a brief inquiry into online relationships and it was such a fucking good album. It was like a uh, it was like an album that was like a reflection of the last five years of a crumbling society. And they just did such a good job of expressing all of this kind of this really modern uh, type of anxiety. And um, mm -hmm. it, so it was great. And then they had a follow up album called uh, I can't even remember what the fuck it was called. Um, what the fuck was it? Notes on a conditional form, it was called. Um, that album, like, really sucked. But then they have a new one this year called Being Funny in a Foreign Language. And it, it's it's pretty good. It's a lot more in line with the Brief Inquiry album. So, yeah, they got something good going on for them. Um, worst album of the year was Honestly Nevermind by Drake. It was a huge piece of shit. That dude has fallen off What so about Donda? Hard. Donda 2. Did you get around to that as well? I think that was 2021, was it? 
No, don't the juice twenty. Mm, don't fuck with me. <laughs> I might be wrong. Don't. Uh, February twenty twenty two. Okay, okay. Don't the two. Uh, no, didn't listen to it at all. Um, I think we would have to do I, a I whole didn't... other episode about Kanye. I yeah yeah especially these days but I try to listen to it but I I I this is not a comment necessarily on Kanye because he's already has he's got enough ammunition to go after him for yeah. because he's a fucking he's a Nazi unbelievably yeah. unhinged human being yeah but I don't really like and this is not just about him this is this kind of happens with a crop of current as far as hip hop trap and um, rap or you know whatever we want to chuck into those genres is the whole like. 75% of the album is other people. Like, every single song has got four features. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't buy the album to listen to them. I bought the album to listen to you. And when you just keep going, here's this rapper you've never heard of. And occasionally you might be like, oh, that's really good. Because, for example, way back in the day, the Notorious B.I.G., Life After Death, his first album, he's got Method Man in a couple of songs. <laughs> and it's one of them called The What. But I, A, already knew about Method Man from Wu-Tang. But B... It's like two songs that he has features. Every single other song, it's Biggie giving you Biggie. And I'm not saying everybody's got to be Biggie. That's completely not the point that I'm making. It's exactly what really you're saying. It... Yeah, well, even more or less. <laughs> I'm trying to like distill it. But I do find that um, um, the whole featuring, I mean, I'm looking at Donda 2 here, and there's 14 songs, and there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14 songs in which there are features, because there's a section on Wikipedia that says uncredited features. So I, I, will, uh, I, I will only... Hello, and Travis Scott, and Future. And I'm like, why can you not just have that album exist? But why do you need all these other people constantly in every song? Are you saying you can't work on your own, or are you saying that you're a very good producer that you open it up to to feature other people to get them um to get them some clout? There's this yeah. rapper called The Game, and he's like a, a large yeah. uh, source he of ridicule. Owns, he currently owns WWE. That guy. So That's right. Yeah. Time to play the game. Yeah. But uh. <laughs> The game is a, a he's a guy who exists in hip hop as a punching bag that everyone makes fun of. I, however, is that because of how many people he features? Yes, it's because he's a hmm. joke of an artist, and like he he just like takes like so he'll get like a feature like let's say he gets like future, yeah. Uh, so like future sure. appears on his track, and then so the game's verse will just be a future verse, but it's the game like. He just takes yeah, other yeah, people's yeah. flow. Like, he doesn't have any kind of sense of originality. However, he is literally one of my favorite rappers ever. I fucking love him. So, like, I can't... I'm I'm sorry, like, I can't hang uh, Kanye on this noose because I love the on, game on so the much. Thing. Yeah, I just yeah. can't. Like, I can't... I, it would be such a hypocritical move of me to do it when I... Like, I will actually defend the game against most <laughs> criticism, so... Yeah, got it. Well, that's fine. That's, that's your opinion. I I just don't. A man has to have his principles, Miguel. You he know. He does. He does. And 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 then he, what he what he what is a man or woman or person without their principles? I'll tell you what they are. They're list trust. They are. Never want to go full list list trust. No, that's um, true. I I just don't think that um, 
the hip-hop I grew listening to, the rap music I grew up listening to, whereas, like, yes, you can feature people. There's nothing wrong with having collaborative. Um, I mean, Nine Inch Nails is Trent Reznor and musicians. Mm-hmm. As much as we think of that as a group, it's not a group. It's and, it's and remember, it's been Trent from the first album, from Pre-Hate Machine. It was just Trent doing all everything. So, again, everything that comes after that, you kind of go, well, yeah, it's Dave Grohl on the drums live, but really it's he's just playing presumably was already already there but yeah no that's always that's always the problem i've had with hip-hop it's not necessarily a new thing it's not necessarily aimed at kanye west um yay i believe his name is these days but yeah um there's a, there's a whole lot of but you didn't listen to donda is my, my original question i i didn't listen to donda too because you had to fucking purchase some 250 dollar piece of shit to be honest with you I'm really over Kanye, and uh, as 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 we've discussed before, I, I didn't even before I, the events. Yeah, I didn't even listen to him at all in 2022. I, I thought that Donda was the first uh, record was just such a fucking bloated piece of shit made by a guy who has just gone too. F- ah, look, I, I can say a lot of Here bad things about Kanye, but he's yeah. also mentally ill, and I'm kind of torn between the the two things. Um. Yeah, maybe yeah, well, you can maybe. let you can let his statements speak for them fucking selves anyway. It's not like we need Nazis bad, very bad. By the way. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna take so, the brave um, stance well, of saying we're, we're that I don't like it, Nazis. Here, mute. Yeah, we're looking yeah, whoa. Um standing <laughs> outside the fence there. But um we're just talking about it musically. Um yeah, you know, okay. I, I, no, uh, I, I, I had no faith that the record would be any good because it was pretty clear that he was um having some kind of manic episode during the rollout of Donda itself. And I think uh, Donda 2 yeah. was essentially like the the zenith of that uh, episode. Uh, so, yeah, mm. I would say Donda 2 sucks, me, uh... even though I never listened to it. Yeah, yeah, it presumably is going to be shite. Um, <laughs> so for me, uh, musically, I have not... I'm looking here at my top plays of the year. And my most played song is a song called Motown Philly by Boys to Men. Right. If that doesn't if that doesn't contextualize you to what year I live in. <laughs> I will never like understand Boys you. Men. I'm gonna I'll give, I... I'll give you I'll give you the top five here. Boys to Men, Tupac, James Brown, Belle Biv DeVoe, Queens of the Stone Age, and a flock of seagulls and gorillas. That's more than five. But yeah, those are the top the, the most music I've listened to this year. Um, I will have to say though, this year I got into Joy Division, Fuck which yes. is. Do you know what the upside is about neglecting good music for a long time? You get <laughs> to experience one... it for the first time. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think Love Love will tear us apart again, which is probably their leading, most infamous song of. She's lost control, probably there as well, in Warsaw. But I think um, Love Will Tear Us Apart Again is probably the most accurately beautiful love song I have ever heard lyrically and musically. It's like the kind of song that fits both a breakup and a new relationship, if that makes sense. Because you can get the giddy feelings and you can get the um, sort of post-mortem of a relationship feeling. Um, so I didn't know too much about Ian Curtis. I know that you and I have conversations in which you said Joy Division were good. And I said, no, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it mildly here, right? I, I'm putting I just, it very, yeah. uh, 15 years ago, 
Miguel said something to me that I have never forgotten, never gotten over, but he's rectifying it in the year of our Lord 2022. And that's what I just I just want to say, by the way, you will get so much hate for saying Love Will Tear Us Apart is the best uh, Joy Division song, because if you ever want to see a person squirm, ask a Joy Division fan what their favorite Joy Division song is, and they will say every song other than Love Will Tear Us Apart because... Out of the singles. Yeah, right? you're not allowed yeah. to say that. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to be yeah. like, oh, a ceremony, yeah. even though it was never recorded the whole... Like, yeah. fuck you, man. Just yeah, fucking or, admit um, it that it's an unbelievable song. Like, Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe I should clarify by going my favorite is yeah, that yeah, yeah. One. no i don't um, worry it's, it's... rather than being like hey have you heard transmission if you're the b side from transmission actually have you heard, um blast the 2007 remaster no trent used to do yeah. a great cover of uh, atmosphere if you ever heard yes, that because i think i've that's the thing about joy division as well as i've heard most of their music through covers by other people that i like yeah nine inch nails got so... a couple right dead souls on the crow soundtrack yeah that yeah yeah which which is um it's the same soundtrack uh, that album for the crow has got darkness by rage against the machine yeah, darkness, yeah. Of greed. darkness of greed yeah. one of my f- darkness of greed that's it one of my favorite rage against the machine songs which is impossible to get unless you get the um that soundtrack for both of those songs um, man you ever heard burn by the cure on that soundtrack yes that and by uh, nine Inch nails as well the, their version of burn i don't oh, think yeah, it's true. cover i think it's no, that's on Lost Highway. It's that. a different. Uh... Oh, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, I watched The Crow in the year 2022, and I. Oh, I've watched that movie many times. I love that movie, dude. Yeah. When I was a kid, that was like my favorite fucking movie. But I watched it with my girlfriend in 2022, and I was like, real excited to kind of like, like explain all the things that I loved about the movie. But, like, when yeah. I was watching it, I actually became so fucking overwhelmed with emotion that I couldn't even talk for most of it. I was just like, this is literally <laughs> the greatest movie ever fucking made. And uh, and that's just that. So, shout out to The Crow. <laughs> the movie from shout the early 1994's 1994's The Crow. Yeah. yeah. Not to be confused with 1996's The Crow, which is Crow 2, or 1999's The Crow 3. I've seen them all. They, I've um, seen them all, too. They all suck, except um, the first one, which is like the best a- movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you know, unfortunately a man had to die, but that's that's the legend, isn't it? Um, he had to yeah, die. Um, he had, he had. That's the thing. He had to as well. That's what's yeah. so. Fucking there was no bad. other way. There's no other way. There's just no other way, dog. Uh, man, when like, will I'm Alec sorry. Baldwin stop? Oh, sorry, that was too far. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, I also listened to a unbelievably amazing hip-hop album. I'm talking like as recent as December of 2022 um, by a group called Souls of Mischief called 93 Until Infinity. Okay. Have you heard of this? No, I have never heard of this. Nor had I, but I recognize all of the people featured in this album because most of them are from hieroglyphics. So... um, and that's the crew with Dell, the funky Homo sapien, mm-hmm. who, if people don't know, was in the Gorilla's song from Eastwood, Deltron Thirty Thirty. Yeah. Um, very, very. Um, he's, he's Ice Cube's cousin, believe it or not. Wow. Um, and um, the, the the album 91, 93, 91, 91's more the Ninety three until infinity is one of the best, most well crafted lyrically and um, musically al- hip hop albums I've heard ever, and and. Wow. Something that people might not know about me is I listen to 
I have absorbed a lot of hip hop, especially golden era hip hop from from ninety three to ninety nine. Um, West Coast, East Coast, what? It is an unbelievable album with really good tracks, such as um, I'm downloading it. Let them know. Right now. I'm literally downloading. And it. anything can happen. The, 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 the song, there's a song called 93 Until Infinity, which is the, the title track, is unbelievable. Um, if, if people haven't listened to this, do give it a listen because it is um, everything you want from hip hop. It's clever rhymes, braggadocio, a little bit of cockiness, but this is before the era of you just rap about your belongings. So you're yeah. talking about, you know, situations killing people, not killing people, you know, people do. Um, yeah, really good album. I really got into. Um, I really got into um, Muse as well, actually. No really way. Good. You're a pedophile? Yes. Holy shit. That's crazy. I, <laughs> I remember having a conversation with a person from my job in which I said, um, yeah, but Muse are no one's favorite band. Come on, man. Like, they're just a band. And the person went on to be like, I love Muse. I've been to several of their gigs. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they do exist. Oh, the so-called fans, the so-called people that go to these... And I mean, he said, listen to the album, give it a try. And I was like, okay, worst case scenario is I don't like it and I get rid of it, whatever. Really fucking strong stuff. Mind you, I did get their best of. So, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah. they got a lot of great songs. Like, they're clearly yeah. a good band. I once described them as the most technically proficient band in the world. I think I might yes. stand by that. Uh, but I mm-hmm. just think that they're so cringe, and I also think that Matt Bellamy has no genitalia. That's a separate issue. But I, I think the that they're the, the high <laughs> voice. Sometimes they can catch you out, and you're like, yeah. "I'm not in the mood, bro." But then Josh Homme from Queens of Stone just love high voice, and they're the falsetto of high voice, and they're my favorite band. But it feels like what Queens of Stone is doing, it, it's not like it, the voice is almost behind the instruments. Whereas with Muse, it's fucking. Right there. If you listen to Sing for Absolution, the song, not the album, um, he goes really high, and you're like, oh, you, you don't have any body parts. You're like an action man. You just <laughs> exactly. have enough where your reproductive organs should be. Don't sue yeah. me on this. This isn't fact. Don't quote me on this. <clears throat> um, but yeah, really got into Muse. Um, really, really got into. Um, I say got into. I mean discovered a gentleman by the name of Vinicius de Moraes. He is a Brazilian uh, bossa nova. Um, he's like a poet slash oh, musician. You and your bossa Mostly nova. 60s. This shit is so fucking funny. <laughs> Mostly um, 60s and 70s, but he's got a song called Canto de Osanha, which is the corner of Osanha, which is a part of Brazil which is one of the most sample songs of all time because of the beat and the song. And I just listened to the original. It is unbelievable. He's also got a really good song called Samba de Orly, um, which is fucking about love and, um, you know, having to go through really shit heartbreak to get to a higher place. Not exactly a new concept, but... Is that know, the song that goes like, ah, la la la, Samba? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's the tequila song. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I thought about it. I, I, I locked that joke in, and then I thought about it for a second, and I was like, is this really culturally insensitive? And then I was like, well, who am I going to offend? The fucking Spanish people? I'm fucking saying it. Fuck this. 
okay. Morata? You're going to offend Morata or Gavi? I understand, you know? by the way, for everyone else <laughs> who's like, oh, he said Samba, he said Bosnova, it's Brazil, but like La Bamba is spoken in Spanish. The yes. fuck you. Anyway, yeah, so. Yes, that's <laughs> so. a Mexican song, anyways, but if you want to be culturally correct. I know it's um, a Mexican song. But yeah, but um, they speak Spanish. They do, they do. Too lazy to come up with it. <laughs> I'm getting cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back. Um, okay. um, I've been getting the thing is, this year 2022 has been a really good year for me to stop giving a shit about what's current and look the other way. So, a lot of Bowie, 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 mm-hmm. um, Dead Kennedys, Della Soul, Black Sheep, Diggable Planets. So, these are all uh, the Fugees, these are all obviously Living Color. These are all very 90s bands, but I do want to make a little bit of time for a gentleman called Mark Farina. He is a French DJ who does, I mean, this guy's been going since the early 90s. He does an incredible mixes, hip-hop, dance, trance, and a little bit of dance. Um, um, he does these things called Mushroom Jazz, which are like these compilation albums in which, you know that thing that, that sometimes DJs do where like, they make the whole album feel like one song because mm. they'll like seamlessly go from the end of that song. You take the beat and the beat and the beat and then it transitions into a new song. He does a lot of that. He's very talented. He's got his own, you know, he's a very respected guy in the DJ world, but he doesn't get enough views. Uh, Mark Farina, look him up. If you ever want something while you listen to while on the train that doesn't have any lyrics, but kind of engages you, your brain, he's, he's the one to go to, but that's, all I got as far as music goes. Um, I want to give a shout out to Slipknot. They released a new album this year. I thought it was dope. Um, what was that called and what was that like? Interesting story, Miguel. It was called The End So Far, but I ordered it on vinyl Ooh, and my okay. vinyl says The End For Now. So I have a mistitled vinyl, which in 20 years might be worth something. Might not. Who fucking knows? It's a lottery. But uh, yeah, it was oh, called. It'd be cool the... if he came out and said it was never called um, the end so far. Nah, it was they've called the other. Thing. They've been real public about it. They've uh, yeah. yeah, it's their last album with uh, Roadrunner, if you can believe that. That's <laughs> it says. Okay, it says here on Wikipedia the original vinyl and cassette releases the releases of the end so far were misprinted as the end for now. Yeah. In a Reddit AMA, Corey Taylor said the end so far was always the album's intended title. And that the misprint was caused by somebody who fucked up, didn't double check with the band. That's the most uh, Corey thing ever. I fucking, um, a few years ago, Big right? Head on that guy. Big head. Dude, like, I really like him, but. I remember when Linkin Park released. Not a big head, a big neck. Sorry, big he's got neck, a big neck. True, but he yeah. does. He does have like an ego or some. Like I like him though, but he when when Linkin Park released one more light, um, it got like widespread uh, condemnation for being like a pop record, and um, Chester mm. was interviewed about it, and he was like, "Look, like if you want to listen to if you want us to go back to like hybrid theory or whatever just fucking listen to hybrid theory okay like fuck off Mm -hmm. like i'm sick of answering questions about this kind of shit and then Corey taylor was like listen here chester you gotta remember where you came from like don't alienate your fans and all this stuff right obviously chester killed himself Uh, a lot of people think that his mental state had deteriorated because of the the pushback uh, to that album 
But then, so Slipknot released the the end so far, and there's a lot more singing on it. It's kind of ballad driven a little bit. Like it's less screaming. It's less Slipknotty. Um, I According fucking... to Wikipedia, it sounds like Bowie, Bowie, Tool, mm-hmm. and Stone Temple Pilots. I gotta say, I fucking dig it. I love everything Slipknot have done in the last. Do you like five any years. of those people? Uh, I mean, yes. I know you love Tool. I know yeah. you love Tool. Listen, man, you... I, I talk a lot of shit about <laughs> Tool. I do like them, Tool. <laughs> this fucking guy, not I... one day goes by where he doesn't go listen to Tool. <laughs> I think if Tool didn't have the most insufferable fucking fans in the world, that I would be such a bigger fan. Also, if Maynard wasn't the fucking... But, but anyway, uh, when... when... Yeah, 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 yeah. Corey, Corey was interviewed about the the end so far. Asked about the the fan backlash, and he was like, "Ah, oh, fuck all of you! If you want Wade and Bleed, go listen to Wade and Bleed." It's like, dude, but you fucking said five years ago at the chest, yeah. like, "Fuck you, man!" Remember where you came from, you fucking prick. But anyways, yeah. Um, oh, you just reminded me something else I've listened to in twenty twenty two. And you're right, by the way. He should have. This is the problem about criticizing musicians, criticizing other musicians for certain creative decisions is yeah. that they usually tend to fucking go and do that shit yep. themselves. Yep, dude, um, it's like it always fucking happens. Always. Always, always, always. Oh, they're too poppy or they're too mainstream. They've mm-hmm. changed their style. And then as you evolve creatively, you kind of realize, oh, yeah, I can't just keep making the same album over and over again. For better or for worse, to evolve. I, will, normally, just, I, I will just say this one thing huh? in Corey Taylor's defense. Like, a lot of the reasons why... Uh, he he has all of these quotes and sound bites is because for some weird reason everyone asks him everything all the fucking time. Like He's I don't know. Consulted on yeah. everything that's popular culture. Exactly. I don't know. Is industry. this is the dude yeah. on a constant media circuit tour or something? I don't understand. But people are always fucking I like. Oh, I Corey, what's your opinion on the inflation and fucking the global recession? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just the singer. Yeah, how does that tie up to the Slipknot album? Yeah, do you know quote. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I just wanted to add in another thing that blew me away in 2022 because it feels like so long ago was the new Limp Bizkit album. Oh man, that came out in 2021, of- but yes. <laughs> well, I only listened to it this year because I specifically did not listen to it in 2022. That's um, true. What's the, what's the new Limp Bizkit album called? I forget. Is it called S- Big Dick Daddy or something like that? It's called Still Sucks. <laughs> and, uh, Still Sucks! You can dude. say it in his voice, which is uh, my favorite thing about it. What the fuck happened to the stampede of the disco elephants? What um, happened there? Just for the listeners, me and Miguel are like wholeheartedly planned on doing a three-hour-long Limp Bizkit podcast. <laughs> so if, if we talk about this for a while, that's because that is on the shelf. But um, so Stampede of the Disco Elephants was they, they signed a deal with Cash Money Records for I think it was like a two-record deal. They never even made a single yeah. record. They dropped the single Ready to Go featuring Lil Wayne, which was dope. Um, As featured on SummerSlam 2012 really dude it's that yes. song is an absolute fucking bop it's a jam i love it because um, i don't know if you know if fred's on camera at SummerSlam, and they're like here he is with his new song and um he does the middle finger and then mm-hmm. suddenly you can see that he's been ejected from the fucking audience oh for fuck's sake <laughs> um what you would you expect when you get fred durst on he's not gonna give the middle finger you mad i know yeah like M- mjf did that at ufc last night that's just what people he did do. indeed but um, um i, w- I want to get your takes on him as well at some point 
Um, I don't, I don't he is, know enough about him, to be honest. He is nothing like wrestling. He is not, I mean, he's old school wrestling. He did a really good, I mean, this is one of my favorite promos of all time. It's very simple. Um, I won't indulge everybody listening because I know how the wrestling yeah. side of things go, but um, he did a promo. This was years ago. He's a really good, um, he reminds me of Buddy Rogers so much that he's too, um, if you don't know who that is, doesn't matter. Old school heel, old school heat, but he's like, yeah, guys, I heard we have video games fans here. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, video games, video games. And he's like, yeah, I like video games too. And then I lost my virginity. <laughs> and it's such a, like, it's not even that clever. It's no, 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 it's simple. Basic, yeah. but I'm like, oh, that really, because they were chanting and then they got taken on that ride. Great shit. Um, but yeah, um, that was the one time I was like, oh, then Biscuit are making a comeback after Gold Cobra. But yeah. yeah, the album was not to be. I have been saying it for years. Um, I, I've been saying it for years and years, actually. I've argued this point more than anyone else in the world. Fight me, motherfuckers. Uh, people will come around to Limp Bizkit and realize that they are nowhere near as bad as people say that they were. The They just, for some reason, became a punching bag for all of new metal. They got kind of uh, brought into the culture war in a weird way. Like, if you Google articles about Limp Bizkit from, like, I would say 2010 to 2016, they always seem to be like toxic masculinity. Like, I don't know, Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit have a lot of songs about uh, being brokenhearted, feeling like a piece of shit, like all of these things that someone indulging in to toxic masculinity wouldn't acknowledge. Um, I don't know. Limp Bizkit are a fun band. There's something of a modern, like, Beastie Boys kind of in the way that they make fun of the genre that they're in. Um, yes, and they tongue, tongue in cheek, dude, got taken way too seriously, got way too much hate, came back with a mm. fun gimmick. Everyone fucking dug it. Their album has like a 70 something on Metacritic, I think, uh, like largely positive reviews, uh, largely welcomed back, largely seen as a breath of fresh air in their return. Um, I think the hate for the whole thing is like, uh, very much like tired now. You can fucking go back to 2015 and hear me talking about them being afraid to admit that i like them i fucking like them i've always liked them they're one of my favorite bands and uh yeah i don't know limp Bizkit still sucks best record of 2021 by a mile uh that's my joke yeah. answer <laughs> but uh also my real really answer, good. So. i mean that little Lollapalooza performance i think people should check that out so it's, it's really dope, good man i've watched it, it and it's so when i keep going times. back to yeah, yeah same yeah. it's when i keep going back to because it has like um you know, it feels a little bit like post-apocalyptic, like after the world ends and mm. somehow Limp Bizkit is still rocking it. Yeah, and those yeah. people are there. There's, so I think that happened um, also 2021 being in, in, in the later end of the, the the peak of the pandemic, arguably. Yeah. But um, I really liked how it was like, hang on a minute. You know what? Actually, there's no band like Limp Bizkit. There's no. nobody out there at the moment because everyone takes their shit too seriously yeah. or you go you go too far the other way where your tool where they're actually not taking shit seriously but their fans as you mentioned think it's like really high concept yeah and like mudvayne being back and the the dude is dressing up in all the fucking makeup and shit and it's kind of like yeah. you're doing a rerun of your like fred there is yeah we've seen that bro we've, we've done yeah that. exactly we've, like, we've tread over that ground fred's out there in a gray wig and a fucking jacket that's not even zipped up properly talking about dad vibes and just being a general yeah. like figure of ridicule and cringe and like self uh like mockery right. and stuff 
Like this is a self-aware guy. And once you own that, and once you own that, you are. It's much harder for you to feel bad about it because you're going. You know the fact that the album's called "Still Sucks." The Limp Bizkit never really had the industry's approval. They had the fans' approval, but never had the industry's no, approval. It's never. them kind of coming to terms with that and being like, "No, we don't care if we're good. We might suck. We've always sucked, but we make music that we want to make, and yeah. we are happy." Yeah. There's a lot to be said about that. Because they're not at the whim of other people, so yeah, that's that's fair play. Um, okay, what about um? I know we're c- cutting it fine here. <laughs> yeah. What about films and TV? <laughs> uh, okay, let's films at me. let's rifle through this. Okay, I went to see the Batman with um edward cullen as batman um i can't Are you remember the cinema for this i did go to the cinema for you this fucking snake oh yeah why don't you just fucking sit on your knees can't sit on your knees why don't you go on your knees and just let fucking stan lee dump his life i don't know i'm going forward with this Ooh, everyone give me the snyder cut here's here's a fucking take right here here's a fucking hot take fuck marvel fuck dc and i stand with martin scorsese and saying that fuck superhero movies man this movie uh, is you enjoy it? <laughs> uh honest okay okay i again i i'm on a positive uh vibe um i will say this also spins only gotham city looked good in the movie gotham city <laughs> Colin Farrell was fucking excellent in the movie. Um, And it was a really shit movie. (laughs) Who did Colin Farrell play? The Penguin. um, The Penguin, right. Yeah, yeah. He was awesome in it. Colin Farrell was the best thing about the movie by a long way. Uh, The movie really sucked. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, who I have a lot of respect for, and Edward Cullen had absolutely no chemistry whatsoever. Uh, I don't know how many more fucking times we can go and visit this gritty Gotham. Blah, blah. If you want to see a movie like it's that, New York in the seventies. Yeah, I know. The I've Crow. Just time. watch The Crow. Yeah. The Crow is the Batman movie they have been trying to make since fucking Nolan. Everything after that is just trying to be The Crow. I know that the other one is trying to be Taxi Driver, The Joker, Joker. Or whatever. Yeah. That's not a Batman movie. That's separate. It's not Taxi Driver as well. It's it's sorry. It's not just Taxi Driver. The it's King Taxi of Driver. Comedy. The Comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know about The King of Comedy. One of my friends had watched it before, and he said. Don't watch that before you watch Joker because you will be going. Yep, you'll be watching a repeat um, of scene shot for shot fucking remake of yeah uh, yeah that Todd Phil that fucking Joker movie sucks fucking dick. It, like it's a fine movie in terms of how it's directed, how it looks, whatever. Five out of ten. Fuck off. Just watch Taxi Driver if you want to see it. And if you want to see the new Batman movie, just watch The Crow. It's a better version of it. And Ed- Ed- Edward Cullen. That's I know that that's not his real name, but uh, he's like it's fine, I guess. Edward Snowden. His real name is Robert Pattinson, and I I like him. Oh. He's he's good, but uh, I also just I don't know, man. Emo Batman, I guess like that deserves a run. Why the fuck not? Considering we have like three different guys playing Batman in the zeitgeist at the moment, but uh, yeah, yeah. the movie sucked. They 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 couldn't even think of a second emo song, so they were like, 
Something in the way. Again. They fucking played it twice in the fucking... Oh, it's... That is the most depressing song yeah. from Nirvana. It used to be I my favorite exactly. Nirvana song, and now it's just such an emo, like, TikTok fucking song that now I can't even... Now I don't even like Nirvana at all anymore, you know? I knew, I knew a guy who used to play that for free drinks, and you're like, are you serious? <laughs> something in the way. Are you saying there's something in the way of this night? We what? listened to Walls by Wes Borland in this pre-drinking yeah. session, motherfucker. <laughs> we listened to Dead Light Burns or where the fuck is Black Light Burns, is. that's right. Yes, yes, I went for Dead Light, but that's, that's spot on, Dead Light Burns. Um, Black Light Burns. Um, okay, cool. So um, you actually went to the cinema. So you oh. went to the cinema this year yeah yeah best movie of the year for me banshees of inner sharon starring colin farrell and brendan gleason uh go check that one out it's a fantastic movie the gentleman's really good as well have you seen that that's from like two years ago isn't it oh oh yeah <laughs> but uh no I, I haven't seen it i watched uh, it last week um yeah i also watched um I, I've been making my way through the Resident Evil movies, so it's oh, one yeah, you have. Evil yeah. only podcast. Let's fucking dance. I've been watching a lot of Scream movies. I've watched, I watched all of the Wrong Turns this year. So um, I don't know if people know about Wrong Turn. It's like kind of hillbilly, um, backwoods sort of the hills have eyes kind of horror movie. Very graphic, um, really good visual and special effects, as in like you know not green screen. Um, that was an those movies are excellent for exactly what they, you know, it, you're getting a slasher movie in an hour and a half. And it's, they're fucking great. If you want to spend an hour and a half just watching this mostly naked 20 year old people get fucking killed here. Um, I'm sure the people that say groomers have no problem because they're all hetero, so it's cool. They um, all also voted for like a law that kept child marriage in place. Just FYI, all yeah. those conservative, fuck them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they love George uh, Bush. No, they don't. Um, but yeah, um, so that's kind of like films-wise. I feel like I'm out of the out of the the, the zeitgeist. And same goes for TV shows. I watched Ranma, which is an anime about a boy who, whenever he gets cold water thrown at him, he turns into a girl. Which came out in 1989. That sounds awesome. What's it called? Ranma One and a Half. Um. Okay, okay, got it. Uh, there is one character, though. There's like an old man, and he's obsessed with uh, panties. So let's, let's remember this is Japanese. Okay. But also, um, I thought, because I'd watched Ranma growing up in Portugal. They used to have an anime channel. I watched it there. But um, I watched it recently. And actually, as far as um, gender um, bending and kind of playing with the norms of um, masculine actions up against feminine actions it's really like groundbreaking because the character literally is a woman half the time and when it's hot water she's a dude and when it's cold water he's a she you get what i mean i think that's um, fucking class i i really think that there's yeah. a a great um like gap in the market for those kinds of stories that that fuck with gender yes. a little bit um yeah, i watched the... really clever because she, she uses some um, kind of this real quick about ranma she yeah. kind of uses um her, uh, his, and hers, obviously, depending on which uh, water mm -hmm. she has and he has on him. Oh, sorry, yes. The cool thing about the gender bending thing is that, like, you get to see the advantages that each gender does actually have because Ranma, as a chick, sometimes will use her feminine sexuality to get something. And as a dude, she will all, he will also use it 
his masculine sexuality to get what he needs to. I mean, it's a kid's, it's not like high concept, a kid's anime, but mm-hmm. yeah. um, it delivers things that it makes you introspectively go, yeah, women have to deal with that. Oh, oh yeah, dudes have to deal with this. And it kind of makes you think. So, yeah, that was all I had to say. That sounds awesome. Shout out to that show. Yeah, yeah. It was on a channel back in Portugal called Locomotion, not to be confused with the Kylie Minogue song, obviously. <laughs> um, and they used to play Akira, Ghost in the Shell, which I've watched again all this year, funnily enough. Really like obscure as well animes in South Park. But Ranma one and a half stuck with me because I was like, oh, it's got gender bending things. And it's got like, it plays on the idea of masculinity and femininity, which 1989, I don't think many animes were doing that, you know? No, agreed. And the cool thing is like back then it would be so stripped of like, uh, like political leanings that you could just do that. And the point is to actually fucking examine the gender thing rather than like, if you did that now, like, Man, Ben Shapiro would be like, okay, this is the worst thing to happen to society. And, okay, you you can't talk about gender anymore, okay? And, uh, yeah. Hey, guys, I'm cool with gender. I understand gender, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, uh, do, do, we, do we need both genders, you know? Oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs> yeah, I fucking, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, as well. Yeah, fuck him. I saw, a, I saw a movie called Kate uh, starring Woody Harrelson. Uh, he, he would be, like, the biggest name attached to it. But uh, it's a movie about this woman who is... She, uh, she's like an assassin and she gets hit with a like a virus type thing where she had like 24 hours to live um 24 i should really say her name but i can't pronounce her surname and that's why it feels real bad that i'm like it's a movie called kate and it's got woody harrelson because he's the only one in it whose name i can fucking pronounce but in any event uh check out the movie kate there's one of the bad guys in it who's like a big boss character um they're like at his apartment and he lives with his boyfriend so you kind of you know when you hear that you're like oh so like it's a gay character it's probably going to be a stereotypical gay character but it's this it's this guy who's a a rock star in japan and um he's got like aren't we all (laughs) exactly (laughs) but he's got like uh really strong feminine features but also is like super badass and uh i don't know yeah check out that movie it's pretty fucking good You've just reminded me. I have. I did watch something contemporary because it plays on gender uh, things like that. It's not gender. Um, sexuality things like that. Not so much. To be fair, it's just the current thing. Um, have you ever seen Only Murders in the Building? No. Very no, good. It's never got even Selena heard of it. Gomez, Steve Martin and Steve uh Martin Short. Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Selena Gomez. They're both like old men, and they basically start a podcast about someone that died in their building whilst investigating it so it's kind of like picking up on the current trends of you know yeah crime podcast but it's as a tv show very well written there's a whole episode i think it's episode eight of season one season two just came out this year season one came out last year um where there's like uh, the whole episodes from the perspective of somebody who's um i can't remember if he's mute or deaf so but there's no sound in the whole episode mm. you get to experience things the guy like reads lips and you get to see things from the perspective of somebody who's not a, uh, you know, who doesn't use hearing as part of their repertoire of social skills. <laughs> um, really good show. Really, really good show. And that's the closest thing to something contemporary I've watched 
I do have um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is really good as well. I don't know if you've seen that. Not yet, no. Um, lady kind of floats through time and space, and she's in everybody. So, again, it's that classic, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't judge people because... Yeah, yeah. ...and time in their shoes, and you realize their position in life and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm rambling here. Um, but, yeah, so... so I, 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 do you know what? And um, um, what about video games wise? Have you dipped into anything? I mean, I, I know you. It might be not established to listeners slash um, creeps, but uh, they um, know. They know. I've been trying to get this man to play Cyberpunk for the better part of a year. Oh, actually, Cyberpunk. I tried. No! I tried it. Uh, I downloaded it. You got like a five-hour free thing, and um, yes. I wanted to be a non-binary character. And you can you can have like a combination of sexual organs, but your voice can only ever be male or female. And I thought that that was really fucking lame. Like, why not just have a voice where you can't easily determine the fucking uh, birth assigned gender of the person? And Do then you have I that in characters in the game androgynous. Yeah, um, exactly. Character. That's that's what fucking annoyed me. And also just the gender aspect of the game is actually pretty revolutionary. And in cyberpunk as a genre, it tends to be like gender is almost always some kind of subplot in cyberpunk stuff. Like you had the the switch character in the Matrix and like, you know, very, that would be the most famous example. But uh it just annoyed me that ultimately the voice tone that you pick determines your gender. So if you pick the feminine one, you're a she. If you pick the masculine one, you're a he irrespective yeah. of the rest of your uh, sexual organs Body. yeah and i just thought that that was fucking lame because the whole point of cyberpunk is the immersion of it right and i just i had decided going into it i want to be non-binary and uh i couldn't be so i was just like i don't care anymore fuck this game i don't give a shit okay. about this fucking stealing this car or whatever the fuck i'm supposed to do so i just uh i tried watching the anime of it also and i thought that that was kind of garbage too um so yeah, fuck you and the things that you yeah, like. They used no. Kasabian as the theme song. Did they theme actually? Clubfoot. Yes, Clubfoot. I think opens or closes the show. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I got to that. I mean, like, I watched the opening. I was expecting, like, okay, it's gonna land me in this city. It's gonna like softly usher me into the world that it is. But it starts off with like a Captain Demento has set up a fucking bomb in the middle of the public square, and I'm just like, oh, for fuck, yes. it's just just. This is the problem with the game that I had, which is, and I, I, I checked Reddit, and a lot of people send this on Reddit too, and not everybody says it, but there's a problem with that game, which is they drop you in almost two-thirds into the, your own story, and then eventually start your own story from the start, because all paths start at one point as well, no spoilers, but um, there was a lot about the game that I felt like I had to go do my own research to go, what the fuck is going on? Because they're all going to speak in a different language sometimes. Mm. So... It is one of those games that needs you will have to be like interested enough to go off and do your own research or read a lot of lore because technically the board games start from Cyberpunk 2013. Arguably, this is Cyberpunk 20. Oh, no, arguably, this is Cyberpunk 2077. So, arguably, here, this is where that word goes, you have 50 years of lore to understand how mm -hmm. we got to where we got. So, I completely think I like you're not alone in thinking. What the fuck is going on? Why have I... I shouldn't have to do my own research. The show should be explaining to me. Yes, there is a lot... There should be a lot of um, um, exposition by 
having characters obviously talk about the plot, but they don't. And they really don't do that in the game either, which is annoying. And I felt the same about um, The Witcher 3, but now that makes sense because there's two other Witchers. But yeah. even then, it felt like with The Witcher 3, because obviously it's, it's done by CG, CD Projekt Red, there was a lot of stuff that I had to like, I had to go look this up. I'm like, I don't know who this character is, but they're talking quite like he's revered. Let me go and look this shit up. I had similar feelings about Game of Thrones when I first watched it. I'd uh, like for the first couple of seasons, I had a really, and maybe that makes me sound thick, but I had a really hard time following the plot. Not so much what's going on, but who, whose allegiances lie where. Yeah, and when, yeah. And the problem about those shows and those games is you'll play it, you'll get climatized, but maybe you'll take a break from watching or playing it for like a year to six months, and then you go back to it and you go, oh shit, I don't know what's going on. I might as well start over. Which is yeah. where I find with Game of Thrones constantly. Happens I'm like, oh, I'll just time. start over. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I guess I literally just played Age of Empires 2. Like, I played like a little bit of Rocket League. I played... Uh, I, I re-ran some Metal Gear Solid, but uh, no, Age what? of Empires 2 was... Uh, I did Metal Gear Solid uh, Ground Zeroes, actually, was the one I played this year. Yeah, three or four? four. Uh, that one is like the prequel to 5, so it's like 4.5, oh. that one. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I do have that. I do own that. But yeah, I, I own that and 5. Uh, to be honest, I haven't really... I Like, I don't know, man. My... Like, I play Age of Empires 2, like, semi-competitively. It's, like, a huge part of my life. Um, and then, the, like, Metal Gear Solid 2 is, like, the most important game that I've ever played. And yeah. I just can't... There's, like, nothing beyond them for me. I, I don't even know. Like, I kind of get a little bit of um, a context high, let's say, from the hype of other games. But I yes. never fucking get into them or whatever. I just don't fucking care. I will watch The Last of Us TV show, though. That looks like it could be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I've, that's another thing I've been playing. Last of Us Two, Red Dead Redemption Two, um, Final Fantasy Seven Remake, which obviously this is this has gone back a few years. Obviously, um, yeah. I, I did think that twenty twenty was a peak year for gaming, as in like current gaming, because I felt like really as the pandemic hit, a lot of excellent games all dropped. But ever since then, it does feel like there's not really any reasons to necessarily boot up your PS Five because everything already exists that's really good and there's nothing coming out at the moment that's like whoa even the new god of war i'm like that's just the god of war before but that's tweaked. the thing the next thing that i'm gonna get really hyped for is when they eventually announce a remake of metal gear solids one and two and like and ff8 presumably yeah and ff8 yeah but I, but i think metal gear solid especially because of how much i love that game and mm. like <laughs> that's great but it's a game I've already played. Like I'm getting excited for nostalgia. Like that, I think that that's fucked up. Like I think I'm just out of reach now. Like I, I've floated too far out of orbit. You can't, you can't pull me back anymore. I just, I love <laughs> AOE two. I live in the year 1999. Fuck you. <laughs> Stop but trying to talk to me. You know that's, but that's understandable because your your sort of point of view is coming from the fact that you're going these games tick all the boxes for me yeah for sure so i don't need to look for a new form of something new to engage me and that's the thing I, I do find that everybody and i think hopefully this speaks to everybody listening that everybody's got like one or two main games and then when they get bored of them they'll occasionally dip out to other games so people that play gta 5 or cod all the time they'll occasionally be like 
I guess I'll play the new Tomb Raider game, or I guess I'll play Cyberpunk for a bit, but mm. then it's essentially just to get away from the monotony of the original game they were playing, only to then grow fonder of that game, because the game you're currently playing doesn't quite tick those boxes. Just so I think that's it. Yeah, so I think that's kind of the way things are at the moment. I mean, obviously mainstream-wise, you're talking Minecraft and um, and Fortnite for most people, but I think everybody's now at a point where they have that, like, this is the game that defines me, and this is the game that I'm going to go as far deep, you know, competitively, obviously, for UAOE or otherwise. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of the general consensus, because everybody that talks to their games, they've always got the, this is the game I play all the time, and these are all the games that I play when I don't want to play the game I play all the time. I think that's far more the norm than probably the AAA people would like it to be. So even on COD, I played um, World at War, um, which came out in 2008 on the PS3. You can still go online. The servers are still open, which is incredible. But there's still people playing that online. So you can still do a four-way Nazi zombies game. Uh, zombies. <laughs> Don't want to say that word just in case. Um, yeah, so you can, um, yeah, you can still play that game as it was in 2008 with people still online. And they're excellent. So those people have just been grinding and crafting their way through those games. So that seems to be the kind of the way it is at the moment. You have like the one main thing and then occasionally you stray out, but not too much because you don't want to lose the, uh, especially because you play competitively as well. So you kind of have to really play the game. You yeah. Know, have to exploit all the nooks and crannies. Um, but yeah, that's as far as game goes. Um, podcast wise, have you been listening to any, any podcasts as we mm, no, ironically I think... make one here? Yeah, I think that's another thing that's completely... I, I guess, like, I listen to shit about, um, like, culture war stuff, like uh, sure. uh, like Ben Shapiro and Lex Friedman, for example. I listen to that, or, like, I listen to, for better or for fucking worse, um, that Brett Weinstein cunt when he was on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast. Yes. Like, these kinds of things I listen to because I want to, like... For some reason, like the culture war stuff is very important to me. I don't know why. I don't know what my stake even is. I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I'm into that. I, I listened to um, Peterson when he was on Rogan as well. And all that fucking nonsense he said about climate change and you can't even measure what climate is because like all that stuff um yeah he's thinking out of his box there that's not yeah. psychiatry or psychology he's just no he was faith, yeah that was a very strange uh, uh yeah it's weird I, I i'm always interested in what version of that person we're getting um yeah. so i suppose there's no one podcast i can point to and say like oh i listened to this one it's about these guys who do this thing um I listen to like uh, Joe Rogan, Lex Friedman, um, whatever, like Sam Harris. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, these these kinds of uh, culture war figureheads. I'm super interested in all that stuff for, for better or for worse. I, I don't think it makes my life better. Um, I'll throw you a few, though. I've got a few here that you could maybe get into. The Always Sunny podcast where they oh, listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, I've, um, I've actually listened episodes. to that, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I should... I actually haven't thought of that as a podcast. I know that that's what it is, but I always actually watch it. So I yeah, just, same. yeah, yeah. It just feels like I'm watching TV. So yeah, it's no, I really good. I, it is really good. Lo I love those lads. Like I think, um, 
and, and obviously they don't spend too much time talking about the actual episode. If I'm sure you notice, it's mostly yeah. like whatever they're on their mind. But like, there's something about those three guys, um, and even obviously when you have guests and stuff, that it feels like you're learning about the show, you're learning about them as people. So I always listen to that when I've got um, you know, when I can't think of what to watch, yeah, what to listen to. Um, been listening to one which is called like a murderer podcast, which mostly about serial killers and um and sort of gruesome events very good as well because the lads that hosted uh, one of them's called ben i think the other one's not called ben i forget their names interesting <laughs> interesting um yeah so remember ben not ben um they also are quite funny so there's kind of kind of a lightness to the gravity of the social situations Football rambles, always good for football takes. Mm. Um, they have a really good variety of people, even if they are. Um, like, I've noticed this about podcasts in this country, about being really anti-Portugal, because I still think they're bitter about 2004 and 2006. Because Life. whenever the chat turns about Portugal, there's a really sense of bitterness, specifically about Cristiano Ronaldo. I know that he's not exactly the best human being or the most whatever... Everyone's got a take on him, but it feels like they really go out of their way to slam Portugal, which I really don't like. But again, that's their own inherent biases. I just happen to see it because I'm from the place yeah, they're biased yeah. about. Um, but yeah, no, so that's, that's mostly where I've been listening to podcast-wise. And obviously the classics, OSW, uh, Wrestling Bios is really good as well, but they're more like a video channel. Um, yeah. But um, I will say, though, as far as the content side of things for 2022 goes, I feel like it's there's plenty of stuff to get your fix of whatever it is that you're um, you're after. You know, you like your culture wars. There's plenty of stuff to go on that, um, so which is good because it means that the market is, is quite good for them. Um, yeah. I mean, I do think personally there's too many podcasts and everybody's got a podcast, which is nuts. Nah, it's um, it's like you can be out of Breaking Bad episodes, but you'll never yeah. be out of like fucking Jordan Peterson interviews or whatever. Like it just fucking or, goes on forever. Like, and also to the other point that you you'll run out of Breaking Bad episodes, but you'll never run out of podcasts talking about Breaking yeah, Bad. Yeah, that's true as well. Um, I did listen to a Peep Show podcast. I won't name them, but I fucking hated it. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I did not like the analysis. I thought they misunderstood 80% of the show when they did that thing where they overanalyze and break things down too much. Therefore, the natural flow of things is not really there. Yeah. That's a story for a different day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, should we get the fuck out of here? I think we should because I really have to piss. That's 2022. You're at least That's up. as good a reason as any. Um, yeah, we'll just say a uh, shout out to like everybody. Uh, th the world is weird, and like I don't know. It feels like everyone is like. Um, I feel like we're in a moment where everyone kind of understands that everyone is struggling with something, and it's kind with of something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of sweet and like um, I don't know. It 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 kind of is. It sucks. Because, you know, if everyone understands everyone is struggling, then everyone must be really struggling. But uh, it's kind of sweet that everyone is like, listen, I want the best for everybody. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, when I say that, like, everything, there's this huge push for everyone always saying, like, stay safe, like, uh, hope that you're all well. I don't know. I feel like that since the since COVID, 
that seems to be a, a, a big message being sent around, uh, like everything that I yes. listen to. Every podcast I listen to, there's always like that kind of message in it. So um, People are actually, I suppose it's the classic, like, because, you know, you kind of think that everybody's in the same boat or bubble. Yeah. You know, issues may vary, but generally we're all in the same boat of like, it's kind of the end times, but it's not really. The world seems to be collapsing around us, so it's not like you can keep sane for too much. But then also at the same time, we keep each other sane by rallying each other. So it feels like we're all kind of on the same boat. Yeah. So I'm with you there. Yeah. Yeah. And just generally, like, I'd, I'd like to send a message out to everybody who's listening. Obviously, goes without saying, hope you're okay. Do please look after your mental health. It's very important. And, um, Stay strong. And that's a very important message. Yeah, I agree. Stay strong, everybody. Uh, best wishes for 2023. If 2022 sucked for you, you get to do it all again next year and maybe do it better. Yeah, prove so. me wrong. Prove me that an odd year can be better than an even year. How about yeah, that? Yeah, there you go. That's a callback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good night, everybody. And uh, happy 2023. Have a good Christmas period, all of that stuff. Holiday period, whatever the fuck you're doing, I don't care. Survive winter, please. I'll see you again next year. Be on the other side. It was a message I heard when the company said There is no warning, there's no future I like the way they treat me, but I hate the way they use her I hate the way they use her i